Welcome to episode 13 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? We're moving along. This is 13 episodes in. I've only been doing this since the summer, so we're just moving and grooving. Today, I have some of the creators behind the Fashion 500. Um, It is an annual event that always happens during April, which is Black Fashion Month. Today, I have Carlito and Al in the building. Say, what's up, guys? Hey, what's going on? What's up? What's up? I am really excited to have you guys here because I've been watching since I've been here. I mean, I've only heard about it since the last, I've been here for five years. And I heard about it, and I came twice, and I really, really love what you guys do and how you're honoring all of these great people that are in fashion and shining some light on them. So I couldn't wait to talk to y'all. No, we're happy that you invited us. Um, we love these great collaborations to really spread the word for you know people that's never actually heard of the award show. So you know we're here, we're excited. Let's let's go. Let's go. All right. Well, I always like to start with like a little icebreaker just to kind of like warm you guys up and stuff, and so I could hear how y'all projecting on yeah. <laughs> on the mic. So first, it's like an or game. So I'm gonna ask you something or something, and you say which one you like. Better. Sure. All right. So first, polos or button downs. Um, button downs for me, personally. Polos. Polos. Um, I like I like you know the summer look. All right. Jewelry rise, earrings or chains. Chains. I I, I, mean, I don't really do jewelry. jewelry like that. Yeah. 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 No I'm not really into jewelry. If if I have any piece of jewelry, is somebody is sentimental. Somebody gave it to me, but I've actually never went into the store and bought a piece of jewelry. Oh. Never. Mm. So anything. Well, I it's have, more of a girl thing, anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, sneakers or loafers? Definitely sneakers. Yeah, sneakers. sneakers. Uh, trenches or leather jackets? Ooh. I like trenches. Mm-hmm. I feel like trenches. That's a tough one. Um, uh, I'll go leather because I only have like one trench. Okay. Something like that. <laughs> uh, crew necks or V-necks? V-necks. V-necks, for sure. Yeah. Y'all said that in units. Yeah. <laughs> and then last one, sweaters or cardigans? Sweaters. Yeah, sweaters. Sweaters. Cool. You guys sound good. You're projecting good. So we are going to jump right in. So I want to know how did the Fashion 500 come about? Um, and I want you guys to just kind of like discuss the history and like the motivation for like creating this annual event. Okay. He's oh, you want to take? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Fashion 500 originally was a way or a, a event for the black owned uh, boutiques to kind of like call out their clientele and kind of have like, you know, a meet and greet, but on a bigger scale. Cause originally it wasn't started as a um, fashion award show. It was just a meet and greet for the black boutique owners to meet people that come out. Cause you know, we were living in an age where the people that own boutiques were around the same demographic and age as the people that they were selling to. So, um, we had the bright idea once Carlito had came along to like, hey, let's, we really had something because the years was going in, was like, yo, let's formulate this into more of an award show format. Yeah, and to piggyback what he's saying, what was happening also, because um, the Block Association was a promotional group, and we were pretty much well known for these big day parties, so. Oh, I've um, been to some of those. You've been to some of them? Definitely have. 
So what was happening is these particular individuals, these great talents, they were actually our patrons of, of the parties. And they were also, you know, our clients were also their biggest supporters. They were, they were coming to our, our events with the designers, you know, um, brands at our party. So it was like, oh, wow, you know, we, we know Faye Noel. Oh, we know Ursula Stefan. We know all these particular individuals. And these are our, our friends. But the, the reality is a lot of other people didn't know who they are. So, you know, you're watching these, you know, celebrities and, you know, they're getting this great style, but they don't really get the recognition. So we felt like let's, let's create a platform to really put them out there as much as possible. That's dope. Mm. That's real dope. I appreciate that. Now, I've never, I've never seen anything like it at all. So I feel like you guys definitely capture like a niche market when it comes to that type of event. Like, cause I feel like there are a lot of like events out there that people do and then they're mimicked and they're mimicked and they're mimicked. But right. I have not seen any. Oh, there's a, there's, a, there's a reason for that. Okay. And the reason is people are more comfortable repeating something that was already successful mm-hmm. or somebody pioneered as opposed to taking the risk creating something on their own so in that respect people like yo would this work and we just we knew that we had a following and a crowd that would uh take to the idea and so you know the uh the the bulb light went off and was like yo let's really make this something because like you said it doesn't exist so when you first were starting it, did you did you get a lot of like lashback from the people around you when you were like throwing out your ideas like this is what we should do and was there anyone around you like you know what I don't, I don't know about that that don't no not at all like if you're around people that constantly throws down your idea you need to change the yeah. circle that you are in you know what I mean not one negative feedback off of that at all and if they was they probably was too fearful to say anything because. You know, we like to think very audacious and be like, yo, this ha- we've been doing this our whole career. So we kind of have that, like, not cockiness, but just, you know, the confidence, confidence. Yeah. to really say, hey, we can pull this off because, you know, we're responsible for creating the social atmospheres that we want to be in. You know what I mean? Right. Instead of complaining, like, why doesn't this exist or why doesn't this go? Yo, just create it. Right. Um, I think for us, the, the, the major thing we try to do, it's kind of like, you know, when you're watching an Ocean's Eleven movie, right? So you got these 11 characters, but they're all, you know, stars in their own right. So for us, we try to create a great, great room. So, and I say that we want to put um, entrepreneurs in the room. We want to put supporters in the room. We want to put uh, artists in the room. We want to put styles. We want to put a great, great gumbo mix of talents in this room. And that's very hard to find. You know, me and him, we go to a lot of fashion events, industry events, and a lot of the time, it's just really them in the room. But you really don't have the key, the most important person actually, which is the supporters, the, the fans who really push your brands in the same room that's what's that's what separates us from a lot of other particular um, events is just having that fan support to be right next to say a call canine say or hey call canine or dapper dan and say hey listen i do appreciate everything you're doing and you know they could be able to take a photo usually those other events special invites and industry events industry, yeah it's really hard for people to actually right. go to so <laughs> we come from both worlds so we know how to kind of fuse the industry events with you know stuff for the common folk gotcha makes sense so how are the honorees selected and what does like that process look like 
Um, he and I, we lock ourselves in a room for a good maybe week or so. You know, we pile up on snacks, foods, you know, <laughs> make sure we got good Wi-Fi. And we just sit there and we mull over, like, you know, the internet. And then we just brainstorm on who's available, who's doing moves, who's doing, you know, and that's why we don't create um, categories. We don't do that at all because if you're being honored, it should be for what you your do. accomplishments are instead of no. the best of, of the, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It would get real catty. Facts. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, he's actually joking a little bit about the weak situation. We really <laughs> wish it was uh, a weak scenario. But no, it's actually, a, it's a little bit long process because, you know, we're in New York City where the talent is unlimited. Like, you know, the stuff that we see, the stuff that... Um, people kind of recommend us to it's just like it's incredible so it's like um to like like say take example this year you know we have a list of 150 people right and we have to break that down to 22 jesus so and we go through this every single year and you know it goes by like um uh, what they've been doing for the for the year are they relevant um you know, how are sales doing? You know, are they community involved? What are their, you know, collaborations with? What kind of press they've been getting in? So, you know, we take into account to all of those situations to be like, okay, you know what? This person has really, you know, put their work in and definitely deserve the award. So it's not definitely a weak process. It's, it's definitely a little I know, bit I'm like, it take you a week to select 20 people for the whole year? Yeah, I know, that takes some time. That definitely takes the time. So the only backlash we get with that is just, um, you know, availability, um, trying to get all the particular honorees to be available. You know, on that the, day. On that day, so. Mm -hmm. Do you normally shoot for the event to be towards the end of the month or like towards the beginning? So you have like more always, time? Always, always. I mean, um, this is probably the earliest we've ever, ever went into um, pre-production for an event. And so it's just to give us like breathing space just in case, you know, somebody's availability, a hiccup or anything. And this is our 10th anniversary. So we just felt we wanted the extra time to go in. But we usually, yeah, just it's supposed to be the finale of April is Back Fashion Month. Mm -hmm. So that's why we always do it every year, the last Sunday of April. I make sure I'm around. Yeah, we're giving you two months ahead of time, so you can't say hey, I didn't know about. Yeah, it. I know about. Usually, yeah. usually us, we kind of like to do it in a four week, five week span, so mm -hmm. it's fresh in everybody's mind to say, okay, I know what it is. Like you know, some you know, in the promoter world, you know, we see some promoters they'll start promoting four or five months in advance. And I give it to them because I couldn't really have that um, that discipline to just promote something for four to five months. The so big, we gotta think about the big. I mean, when I say big, like big events do that, like like uh, yeah. Broccoli Fest and like uh, Coachella yeah. and right. like all these things that right, are because, uh, Essence yeah. Festival, like all these things that are like those advertised are, months and months right. like yeah. ahead of time. Those I understand because you know you're dealing with thousands and thousands of people, but you know when we go to parties that'd be like seven eight hundred and they promote like four or five months. But, you know, that's a whole other conversation. Right. <laughs> so do you feel like you guys get, how do you deal with people that feel like they should be honored and they're reaching out and campaigning to be honored and they're not selected? Like, how do you deal with those type of situations? That's a very good question. <laughs> that's a very good It's an interesting question. <laughs> um, uh, for me, I, I like to do the honest approach. And, you know, I'll actually have a conversation with them or email them and kind of like break it down 
um, why, you know, right now just currently not your time. That's just really what it's just being honest. It's like, hey, you're right there, but you're not right there for for us to, you know, honor you. And, you know, it takes time. It's just time and time and patience. So, um, you know, just really just being honest, you know, with the particular individual. I, I, it's, it's funny you said that because somebody just emailed me the other day and, you know, I had to really break it down and they respected it. They said, right. hey, listen, Absolutely. you're being, you know, being honest with me and all I could do is just, you know, work harder. And that's really what it is. You just have to be Yeah, we, we definitely get the DMs, you know, like inquiries what's going about, on? yeah, what's going on, what's happening. But that's but, not how it's supposed to work, I feel like. What is that saying? Yeah, I feel like that's not the way it's supposed to work. Like, if someone's going to honor you, they're going to select you. Like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be reaching out right, to get Right, right. That's like, like you know uh, I mean? somebody reaching out to the Grammys and go, yo. Are you honoring that's, me? Right, right. <laughs> With the soldier boy mentality. Yo, who, I had the best comeback of the year. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. I agree with that. But, I mean, sometimes we have the exact opposite as well, too, where we've reached out to people in, you know, I guess because you know, their own bubble. Mm-hmm. They have no idea about the event. And so we get the, like, the stiff arm, like, mm, let me see. And until the promotion wheel starts up, then they go, oh, you know, yo, y'all did reach out to me. And then we get that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love that. That part, I really, really, really <laughs> how you resp- How do you respond to that? Oh, uh, that's that's actually... <laughs> that's uh, even better. That's even better because... Um, they they see the promotions and they see the the catalog of honorees, and you know because they don't do any research on it, they probably think it was like either we were coming for them for money, or we're looking for some sponsorship, or it was a hoax, or it was bogus, or whatever the scenario. They just didn't do the research, mm-hmm. and then when they see the production overall, they're like, oh, this is. This is the real deal. Right, right. Like, this is and dope. Then, and then we get the call like, hey, yeah, you know, I want to be involved now and uh, I want to join up. Can you? Can we make a photo shoot? Mm-hmm. Add me on it? Like, nah. Mm-hmm. And what's we, good, we're very diligent. So we have the email threads that we, yo, look, we sent you emails and this was on this date months ago. And where you can get Yeah, we already got, it would be unfair to the other honorees if you decided to jump on board last minute. You know, it would be like a week before the event sometimes we'll get you know a response like hey you know I found out I got time to really be involved and like <laughs> yeah. nah yeah, yeah. can't that, that kind of reminds me of um, an interview that uh, Issa Rae did when she's like people always trying to like network up opposed yeah. to like networking like next to them yeah. the people like around you and stuff like because they haven't heard of it per se they have to oh no I don't know if I'm interested but it's like why not just because you haven't heard it, so that doesn't mean it's not a great collaborative effort. Right. Yeah, and it's so crazy because as we're honoring people, we realize a lot of these people were coming out to our events. And, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't check people's emails, addresses of what companies they're associated with, you know, we realize, oh, well, we know a lot of these people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So we didn't want to seem like it was biased, like, oh, they only honoring friends of theirs. They just happen, we just happen to know them. Yeah. I had one, one of the... Le- one of the girls asked me, like, do they only honor popular people? And I'm like, I don't know half the people they honor, so I wouldn't say that they necessarily no, popular. No. <laughs> like, um, you know, uh, I'll take example, Keith Major. Like, mm-hmm. he's not popular, popular per se, but his work is everywhere. He's like, when it's a top um, fashion event or, you know, top magazine, he's the one that gets the, that gets the call. But he's not known Major, but mm-hmm. his work in the fashion speaks for itself. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people like that that, you know, they are not popular, popular. say but their work speaks for themselves I have a, I'm one of those 
<laughs> I am. Love it. I let my. I do. I don't do it for popularity. I do it because I love it. I have a purpose for and it. And that's, like, that's how you that's should what do it. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be passionate. If it's not passionate, then you know, you know, you're in the wrong business. It's not gonna last Agreed. long. Agreed. So, what is it like producing an event of this capacity? Like, how large is your team, and like, how you guys like, I guess, like divide up like the roles and how things get done. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the it's basically breaking down to me and this gentleman to my left. So, you know, we have pretty much a set system. Um, you know, it's I do the behind the scenes, um, working with the honorees, business side. Um, and you know he does all the graphics design of Photoshop, so you know it's based like a Starsky and Hutch situation. You know oh, we cover so each other. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Y'all yeah, yeah, yeah. better go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so that's proof to those that are watching or listening. It doesn't really. You don't really have to have a huge team behind you to do big things. You just have to have the energy, the confidence, and all that to put behind it. And people will join eventually when they see what you're doing Absolutely. and decide to help out. But start with people that believe in it. A lot of you, like I thought it was like multiple people. No, we have a team of, of the, the, the Block Association, which has nine members, but each particular member has their own particular projects that they do. So gotcha. this is one of the projects that we took on solely. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Yeah, I yeah, I feel like I've been to like a lot of you guys' events. I know yeah. quite a few that you guys did at the DL. I definitely was there. Oh, I was yeah. pretty sure to, I was we drunk. We destroyed the DL. <laughs> you can have 20 people on your team, but if they're not passionate about the project, then it hurts the people that are actually want to be involved to do something. Gotcha. So that's why you have to have delegation to certain projects. And, and you have this for a year. It takes like a year to... Get no, it doesn't take a year. No, it, it takes like two, three months. Two, three. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's not like bad. Two, like to, you start no, reaching we, out to these designers, um, and to these not just designers, but just like all the different honorees, two to three mm -hmm. months in the hand. That's no, we actually tap them throughout the year. Like, hey, what's going on? How mm -hmm. are you? Um, yeah, don't forget the fashion files. We'll tap them a little bit, just like a little wave, a little hello. And mm -hmm. then when it comes when it comes down to really like um, you know getting the confirmation, we'll hit them around you know February. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Sometimes we'll do the backdoor entryway and um, we'll ask previous honorees, hey, who should we be, you know, looking out for or, you know, just... Because they recommend some talent and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely. that's dope. Yep. No, we had a, um, a, a, a wild night, so we had a, a um, designer and a stylist, Mike Bogart. So Mike Bogart, he was the gentleman behind the whole Gucci campaign. Dope. He's like, he was the person, the visual, setting up everything. So, um, you know, he came by one night and then uh, he said, um, you know what, you guys, uh, let's get groovy Lou. And this is during a photo this shoot a photo for shoot. him being honored. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said, let's get, let's get groovy Lou. So we called groovy Lou. Groovy Lou's on the phone. He's like, yeah, this part, I'm, I'm in. Cool. No problem. Then groovy Lou comes in and he says, you know what, you know who you need to also get? You need to get Mark Echo. He mm -hmm. calls Mark Echo. Yeah. Oh, Mark Echo's like, you involved in this? Yeah, I heard of these guys. Yeah, let's go. Sign oh, that's so just like a chain reaction. Chain yep. reaction of co-signs. So it's just like, okay, if you're involved and you're saying this, then we know it's official. So I think that's been our biggest, biggest thing. Gotcha. Um, what are some of the things you feel is missing from the fashion industry and what suggestions can you offer as solutions? Um, for... Us, like, you know, um, upcoming designers, urban designers, black designers, however you want to call it, right? It just comes down to finance, just money. Like, 
uh, we see a lot of great talent, and I can imagine if they had, you know, a million or a million point five budget or loan to really start their um, their clothing line, I think it would just do serious, serious numbers. I have a you know good friend of mine, Drew Beckenberg, and he has some great, 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 great stuff. And I was like, yeah, just imagine if somebody really believed mm-hmm. and say, hey, listen, I'm gonna give you a million dollars to really take this to the next level because. You know, from what we told from a lot of designers, it takes basically about a million, a million five to really get your clothing line off the ground. So I think that's really what's missing. It's a million five? A million five, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you really want it and campaign really want to, you know, the sky's the limits, mm-hmm. I've heard from a million to a million five. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. That's yeah, a lot that's of money. a lot. Yeah, that's, I mean, but that's small in comparison to what you're actually trying to accomplish right. because, you know, you have to source material, you have to, you know, it's almost like a record deal where yeah. you want distribution, you yeah. know, and then, you know, you do these trade shows, you know, people, you know, fill in orders. You got to fulfill those orders and, you know, you that can't happen. Staff. Yep. Yeah. You got to pay Exactly. Staff. That's kind of like why I started my consulting business was like to at least get them started. When I even started, I can see them through to the whole process, but I'm not like the marketing person. Like I can't mm-hmm. help you with marketing. I can help you with everything else, like sales, investing, all that other stuff. And that's why I have like payment plans and stuff like that, so that that way I encourage them to start regardless. Like right. all the people that I speak to, like I've been really wanting to do this, but I don't really know, and I'm just like, just do it. Even yeah. if you start with three, if you want to start with three styles, like let's just do that. Let's put that out there. Because even if you, for me and from my experience. Even if you have like one, like let's say you just got like one dope jacket and you sold that yeah. one dope jacket to that's going to fuel the next piece and that's going to fuel the next collection. Right. So that's a great I point. Push, yeah, I push them to just start. Like, if you got one idea, let's start with that one. Let me do the pattern. Let's do the production for it. And I got real close with a lot of people in the garment mm-hmm. district, so I can get things produced with nothing. And I can get things produced within like a couple of days, like if that. So I'm or always like, you, do it, you know, do it, depending do it. on you know who it is, you could have the reverse. Um, um, advice and say have a million ideas like case in point of uh, pass on a real virus like uh, ducky confetti mm-hmm. a million ideas and he said one of his ideas hit but yeah. you still have to do those ideas he was like hey my you know the pom-poms or something flew off the shelves for him mm-hmm. that's because but he still does it right exactly. they flew. yeah and for him those were just like simple concepts right mm-hmm. right simple. and really easy to produce and very exactly uh, cost efficient he, to produce as well he yeah. had no idea it was going to take off like it was mm-hmm. but that's another idea he had to do it right you got you, know? you guys i'm i'm a pusher i'm just like and so when yeah, people start getting right. stagnant, I'm just like, so what you doing? What you working on? Right. right. Well, you why are you not working on it? <laughs> you got to have, like, the future mentality. Like, listen, just keep um, putting out hits. Keep um, creating material content and mm-hmm. trust. One of them yeah. going to hit. Yeah. And they have a lot of programs for, like, finance, I guess, on the financial side. That, like, you can learn how to where to invest your money within, like, your production and within your business. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I find it helpful. Sometimes I don't find it helpful. And then they have, like, those fashion entrepreneurship programs at, like, FIT to kind of, like, push people along. And, like, Parsons, I think, has it, too. I ain't going to lie. I think it's all some bullshit. I have done all the programs. Right. I don't think that it helps by any means necessary. I went to one of the programs. I did the six weeks or whatever. Should I learn an undergrad? It, but <laughs> it, it still has to be in you. It's like yeah. I can go to a million Oprah you know, speaking conferences. Women's empowerment but, right, and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I could go to a million of those things, but if I still don't take the initiative to do it, it's still going to be a waste of time. Agreed. So his answer was money. I would say uh, networking. 
you know, besides that, like a lot of these designers as we meet are socially awkward or don't go out. And so when you don't, you know, meet and greet people that's even in the same field as you, it don't have to be parties. Um, you don't know the potential of somebody that can take you to the next level. Agreed. I think that, and that's what, I think that a lot of the, I work with a lot of women though, but I think a lot of the girls, same way. Like they don't know what to say. They don't know how to network or they get so caught up within the, like, I ain't gonna lie, they get caught up in that custom shit because we do it so much, but that's what we do for like the money. Like right. we get caught up into doing like all this custom work and I got a client, I got a client, I can't mm-hmm. go here. And they, like, and they, alienate themselves from like being on the social scene and going to events and doing things and sometimes like i get it you're doing the custom work to like get you the money but if you putting that money right back into it and not putting it into yourself or you're not even Mm -hmm. designing it on your own then what are you doing it for yeah and that's how i found myself i was doing a lot of prom dresses and wedding dresses i don't even like eating nowhere Mm -hmm. i hate eating nowhere like i'm ready to wear designer and that's what i like to do but i was doing it because i'm Moved to New York. I got to get this money. I got to get paid. But once I realized, I mean, I was really only paying bills with the money. I wasn't putting none of the money into my designs or anything like that. And then I didn't have time to do anything. I'm like, what am yeah. I doing all this for? Yeah. Like, I have no reason to do all this. You like, alive but not sense. living. And now I stopped. Mm-hmm. I stopped. I stopped two years ago. I don't. I ain't doing custom nothing. Don't even ask me because I ain't right. gonna make it. <laughs> right. Now, if you want to do a custom collection, I can help you but, make it profitable. But, in but our, I'm even not doing in it. our case, like you'd be amazed how many times that we've been out just from being out socializing. People will come to us and be like, "Hey, I was thinking about something. I'm gonna reach out to you guys to do." And we've got so many deals just from just people from seeing being us. out, just, just from talking. Yeah, just. Just from being out, we've walked into so many deals where it's like, oh, I see these guys here right now. I mean, let me speak something. And I can imagine that'd be the same thing for, for a designer also yeah. who's who has great products. Absolutely. All right. Question number five. What does an attendee have to look for, um, like look forward to at the event? Like what? Like for people that's coming and supporting, like what are they gonna get out of the event? Like a lot of embracing, man. I like a, a room full of people who just really want. For us, you know, I, we hear the whole thing about black excellence. Like for us, it's like fashion excellence. Like you just want to expect a room of people who's just like it's just about positivity, about entrepreneurship, who want to really just push the the next person and say, Hey, listen, I believe in your brand and I'm gonna sit back and support you. So, you know, just that, you know, great embracing who just that's, that's the room that we wanna create and mm-hmm. what you know, an attendee just say, Hey, this is what I'm gonna expect. Also too, we encourage attendees, if you're really passionate about this fashion stuff, do the research. You know, we make access to all the honorees, Instagrams, and, you know, everything else and who they are. So it's like you have to do the research and find out who these people are. And, you know, for us, too, we want to make that the biggest networking, you know, moment. Like, listen, this is the opportunity for me to connect with this individual, this individual. And something great might come out of it, and it has. A lot mm-hmm. of situations have come out of people coming to the Fashion 500 Awards and making connections, making collaborations with people, and then doing business together. And that's that's the that, and that's one. what I was wondering because I was I know I feel like the first time I went I didn't do that. Like I I, I was drinking and I was like partying. <laughs> no, we encouraged like, that as time, well. But I don't feel but. like I really got like a lot of other experience, and that's my fault because I mean I went by myself. I I. And I'm not scared to talk and to people, you but can't I didn't go talk by to yourself. nobody. You like, were. I don't know. I think I was a little 
intimidated or I just didn't feel like I wanted to bother anybody. I think I more so felt that way. I'm like, I don't want to bother them. They seem like they got like a lot going on. So I wasn't like walking up to the people and like introducing myself and like giving them my business cards. I wouldn't do that now. Now I'm like, boom, boom, yeah, boom. Definitely. But back then I was just like, I totally could have and I missed that room of like connections where I really could have, you know, really did some stuff. That's, <laughs> that's basically the place where you just build your relationships mm -hmm. because you everybody knows what they're here for. Yep. I mean, so it's just like, hey, what's going on? What do you have? Oh, oh, maybe we could do something together. And even if you can't do anything together, hey, that's uh, an extension. There might be something later on in the future to be like, you know what? I got something where we could do. This is an extra contact. Mm -hmm. This is into the flip side of what you said. A lot of those designers, no matter how successful they've been, there's days that they want to give up too. Mm -hmm. You know, or they feel like quitting, but just you coming up to them saying something, a kind word, or like, yo, I really, blah, 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 gives them, you know, the, the encouragement, yeah, or encouragement, right. you know, um, about wanting to uh, keep doing, like, oh, I've inspired somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. I live for inspiration. I live to inspire. Huh. I do. That's all I do all day long. That's what's up. So when do you, why do you feel um, it's so important to put the spotlight on these black creators and what benefits um, do you feel like they're receiving because of this type of recognition? You go ahead, you go first. Um, repeat your question, please. <laughs> <laughs> why do you feel it's so important to put the spotlight on black creators and what are the benefits of getting this recognition? Oh, the importance of it, I'll start there. The mm -hmm. importance of it is the fact that we have to have to recognize our own community first and foremost. Mm -hmm. This is where a lot of the white brands are pulling their, you know, their inspirations from our culture. So if we don't highlight our own people, somebody else is going to do it. Somebody's going to come in and go, hey, blah, 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 like, Every year, people are upset at the Grammys because, you know, they don't like who the hip-hop blah-blah-blah went to. Mm -hmm. It's because there's no one involved or you don't there's have no your diversity. own. Yeah. Like, stop using that as a litmus test to say who's dope and who's not. And you, you can only complain because you haven't created your own, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say that's the importance for us, like, just... Knowing that, yo, not only are you a good friend of mine, some aren't, you know, some people were just meeting for the first time, but you're someone from our community and we feel you deserve the spotlight to take your brand even further. You know, it's just almost like the black Wall Street. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, that's like your motivation behind it then. Like it's like create your own job, Always. create your own lane, Always. create your own opportunities. Yeah. That's, That's how we are with us. Right. Like, just as friends or, you know, we call each other brothers. That's how we are with each other. So why wouldn't we extend that to everybody else? Like, me and him are big. We don't like third parties. Hmm. Like, we just want to do everything direct. We don't want we don't want to answer to anybody. We want anybody to tell us what to do. Like, this is our vision. This is what we feel that um, no one else is doing. We're going to make it happen on us. You know, we've had situational offers or people come to the table and say, hey, you know, we'll put us under the umbrella. And but basically kind of like kind of like taking over over the brand. So, you know, we're just going to in our on our stage right now, we're just going to wait till we get into the point where it's like kind of like how um, black black girls rock. Right. Mm -hmm. 
you know. Um, and that's it, like an annual event. Too. Yeah, it's yes. an annual event. But she started out grassroots, is exactly how it's you know starting out grassroots, where you know it gets to the point now of bigger corporation that's gonna work with us, collaborate, not try to take over, but work with us. Then now we could do it nationally. So mm-hmm. that's really our number one goal is one day to really take it nationally because there's great talent in Atlanta. There's great talent, of course, in Los Angeles, Miami, Miami, great, great, great stuff. You know, um, you know, Europe also. So we want to get to the point where you know we're reaching out to them and really put it on an international yeah. Um, platform. Yeah, imagine Fashion Five Hundred in London. Right. Crazy. I feel like I've seen. I call me if I'm wrong. I feel like I saw a post. It could have been last year or. Mm. Where I feel like it said something about like how you don't feel like you guys are getting the media coverage that you deserve. No, we're definitely time. not. We're definitely not getting the media coverage that um, we deserve, and we don't really beef with it because you know everything is just about timing. So you know, um, when our time comes, it's it's gonna come. So right. you know, we just want to just continue to stay proactive as much as possible, and um, it'll come. It'll come. I, I, from me and him, we've been through you know many types of scenarios, and when that time of us to shine, it and it shines, everything just works out mm-hmm. the way it's supposed to. So. It's almost like what you were asking about, you know, the honorees. Would some people feel they should be honored and stuff? You know, we we're going to be doing this for years, so your time will come, and that's how patient we are. Yeah, and it's awesome. like you know, and it's motivation for us too to work harder. Oh, word, we can't. Well, you know, instead of waiting for press, maybe we need to hire a PR person. That's maybe what I'm, we, that was my next question. You know, <laughs> like so, PR like instead of like, because um, you know, we since we're talking about like creating our own opportunities, like who is it that you're looking for recognition from, or like. If you're gonna create your own opportunities, you have to create it in that lane as well. So, or unless you're just looking for, um, I would say like the black brands, like Essence, like you want them to be like why not? Like get yeah, them, not? like it. Of but like course. who else? Who else would you right. want to be like part of that like media coverage that you're looking for? Like who you feel like what PR or marketing well, is gonna take you to that next level? This definitely can be picked up to be, uh, you know, a syndicated award show. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be a goal of ours because. You know, we're only tapping into one market, which is basically New York or the tri-state area. And, you know, we've had a couple of honorees from as far as Philly or Miami. But um, basically to do this on a national level, that way we can cover more ground. You know, because as... We need to get to BET. Yeah, because as big as... We can make the venue like Madison Square Garden, but nothing is bigger than national TV. You know, where everybody can see it. You right. know, it's almost like going from performing in a play to doing a movie as right. an actor, mm-hmm. you know? And it's funny because, um, you know, when we go to a lot of industry events and the press at these industry events, humongous, and the attendance be like 200 people, mm-hmm. right? Where on our side, we have an attendance of 1,200 to 1,500 people. So you would you would think that oh you know what this is probably a better place for for me to do press at it's right. you know so it's you know and like once again it's one of those scenarios we really just can't figure out right um, you thought about hiring like a PR company um, we're trying to figure out a what advantage one. would would we gain from it <laughs> from because it? you know we're we're like he said we're very hands on like it's you know it has to be usually something that we him can't reaching do. out personally to these people. So, like, what angle will they be coming from? Because the celebrity angle, like I said, normally we want it 
balance where it's for the people, but you do have that celebrity presence, but we're not seeking it. You understand? Right. Gotcha. And then you know PR. PR is expensive. I don't okay, know. I, don't know. <laughs> okay, I think I, I, know. Um, I spoke to a PR person and she was charging like four thousand dollars. I don't even think our expenses for Fashion Five Hundred is four thousand dollars. Like we would have to definitely see some Page Six write-ups or something like from it. You know, like, unless you four thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Four thousand. Right. I was like, unless you're giving me Studio Fifty Four type of press, right? <laughs> So you're not paparazzi be, outside. Yeah, paparazzi I'm gonna be in every blog, every yeah. magazine, right. everything. You're not getting four thousand dollars. You got the cast of uh, Black Panther coming through. You know yeah. what I mean? That, yeah. Now, now we're talking. That's PR, right? Yeah, that's, that's PR, PR. Yeah. exactly. So. Trust me, we here. Yeah, you can have the card. You know, there's our expenses. Mm-hmm. Well worth it. You had whole Wakanda come through. Yeah, I, I would give up. My money for yeah, that, too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Facts. So what role do you feel like social media has played on, like, the success of, like, the event? Do you feel like that's... Big time. Big time. Big time. Big, time. big, time. big, big time. Um, I think the, you know, because we are really big on visuals from our videos to, to, to photos. So, um, you know, the social media is also, especially when we do a photography of the, the honorees and they post and... It automatically just gets a whole new other wave, a whole new other clientele crowd. And, you know, um, now they're like, oh, this is what the Fashion 500 is about. And, you know, some people are incredibly surprised, especially honorees. So, like, when we first reach out to an honoree and, you know, like they're, they're kind of cold at first because they're like they've never heard of the award show. So they'll go on the page and then they'll see the history. They'll scroll down like, oh, gosh. I know this person. These are my peers. Like, right. how come I've n- never heard of this award show? And immediately the call or the email is like, yes, you know, I, I accept. So um, social media has definitely opened that door um, really, really big time when I was like, it, it validates the event. Gotcha. So how, I guess my question is, if they didn't do that, like, would you feel some type of way? Like, well, for me, like, you don't, I don't have to go do no research. If, it's, if you present something to me and, and, and it sounds good and it looks like something I want to do, I'm going to do it. I don't have to, like, go back and, like, ch- check your track record. You no, know what I mean? Pe- like, no, no, some people need that. They, you know, they want to co-sign. They want to make sure that, and listen, we totally understand everybody they, has a brand. They look at themselves as a brand. Right. So they want to know what they need to be associated with. with. Them. So you know what I mean? I totally understand that and respect it to the to first. Did y'all do that to me? Um, nah, <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Because uh, you're doing, you're trading services with us, uh, okay. so we would need to do that. I'm like, that. did you go look at my background and see what was going on? <laughs> Who is this girl? <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> not at all. No, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. It's definitely yeah. a good thing. Definitely a good thing. Okay. I just like not. I, if, I, oh, if, if it oh. sounds good to me, I'm going to do it. No, like, but to finish this point on. of yeah. what you were saying about social media is that, you know, there are some people are very humble and, you know, when they post because we do individual uh, um, portraits to announce that they're an honoree, they're sometimes surprised at how much feedback and response once they post that they were being honored, that they get. And so, you know, it again, it's back to them being feeling more confident. Like, you know, I had my head buried in the sand for so long, I didn't know that this many people um, really, really were rooting for me, mm-hmm. you know, and 
for the opposite, someone that follows that particular person, it's like, I don't know what scenario would I be what I would be in the same room as somebody that I've been following for years, maybe on social media. Now I can get to tell them to their face, yo, I love what you're doing. It's dope. You push me into doing this. And now I'm and you know, they might like working together. You right. know? Well, um, before the before the actual event, we do a private dinner with all the honorees. So mm-hmm. all the honorees sit down. And now they're like, because we don't want them to come into the event in a cold room. They haven't been introduced to each other. So, you know, we, we have a dinner, break bread, have drink stuff, and make the introduction from there. So automatically. And then they get to network. They get yep. to network from That's right that. there. So everybody's like, oh, I'm familiar with them. And, you know, now we're like, now it's like actually a family right now. Now it's actually a phone call to, um, to this person where it might have been a little bit, you know, politics. But it might have an agent or manager, whatever the scenario. But now it's like, oh, or we could be, you know, the the third party say, hey, you know, <laughs> Carlito, I need to speak to such and such. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. The best it's thing. funny because I think the dinner is like one of the most important parts of the production of what we do, only because a lot of them either hadn't met him um, mm-hmm. because they've been corresponding via email or phone or text, and um, for me, sometimes I don't even meet who the honorees are until they show up for the photo shoot. Um, cause I'm responsible for, you know, doing all the portraits for them. So when we sit down to eat, a lot of them have worked together, mm-hmm. but on sets. Yeah. And gotcha. so when you're working, you don't socialize. Right. So for them, it's the first time they're interacting in a, interacting in a social atmosphere that's more relaxed, gotcha. you know, and it's not industry. So yeah, the dinner parties, um, uh, is big for us because we get to, you know, toast each other in a smaller, intimate atmosphere. We had a, uh, one dinner, we had a funny scenario because we had literally um, five girls that were, you know, America's top models. So, you know, they were all in different seasons. Okay. So now they were all at a dinner together collectively and like, oh, wow, like, oh, you're from season such and such. You're from season. So, you know, that dinner will automatically, you know, like I said, it's priceless. They were all able to kind of like connect with each other from there. They all know each other's history, but they've never met before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy that is. Yeah. And it's also, too, a breather for us because we're so entrenched in the production of it. Even the day of the event, we're so busy moving around and trying to make everything work that the dinner is our kind of uh, relaxation to be like, hey, Yo, we did a great job to each other and right. say, hey, you know, shout out to our sponsors. Uh, That's what I was I'm like, I'm like, how is this being paid for? Because, like, the event is free. Like, you don't have to buy a oh, ticket. Oh, it's, it's it, paid through, through us. Our sponsors, oh, they okay. sponsor <laughs> the dinner party, not the event. But the, but event, now which, the, but the event is free. Um, the, yes, the event is well, free. Yeah, the, the event has been free for the last nine years. This year we will be charging because it's the 10th year anniversary and we okay. have a lot of things that we're going to be implementing. Uh, implementing. Okay, so I'm, I'm like, how is this even working? Because the event is free, the honorees, you have to buy the trophies to get the things made. The trophies, is that what they are? Yes. Okay, the trophies. I'm, like, I'm, I'm glad you think that way, though. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm yeah, like, yeah. how how you got it? Now, we need, somebody, we need somebody with money to think like how you're thinking. Like, yo, how are they spending this? Yo, maybe I could, you yeah. know, throw some money there 
way for right. something. Right, I'm like, how is this Thank you. Because everything's free. Like, great way of bringing that up also. <laughs> I need no. y'all to get some sponsors. But, um, yeah. No, because we're our promoters, we really know, like, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of money on production, and we're so lucky. You know, my partner here is incredibly talented. The stuff that we're doing, um, it would cost a lot of money, but mm-hmm. but we do everything in-house. So, and then, you know, we know, you know, thank God we have a following. People support us big time. We got a time. good network. Yeah, we have a good network. So, you know, we're blessing that. Department. Add me to your network. Oh, <laughs> you win. You win, guarantee. So, um, a lot of things we don't really spend a lot of money on. We only spend on, most of the things we'll spend money on is marketing as much as possible. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Y'all go ahead. All right, so what do you have in store for the 10-year anniversary, and, like, how are you planning to make this event different, like, from the others, besides the fact that y'all charging now? <laughs> well, this year, because we want to really make it extra big, we actually added on a, a partner this year, another group of gentlemen that um, pretty much complements the brand um, called Upscale Society, and we also um, being co-sponsored with Caribbean Social and um, Suede. I just went there. The restaurant? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they did this collaboration with Omar's Kitchen uh, for Black History Month last week. Yes. I I ordered everything on the menu, and I tore Hmm. it all up. Like, I (laughs) ate everything that was on that special menu. (laughs) So, um, you know, um, great set of guys that were collaborating. We really want to... Oh, my God. Sorry. We want to make the um, numbers really, really huge. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's just one thing. Everything else we really can't tell you because it would be a surprise. Oh, fine, (laughs) fine, fine. Don't want to let me in. Um, the icons are gonna probably be the the, the stellar point. I'm pretty sure. Because you're bringing back all uh, the people who was honored. Everybody, before, anybody that's available back. that we can reach out to, we're going to turn it into a big honoree slash reunion mm-hmm. because it's our tenth year as operating as the Block Association as well. So you know, it'll be just a way to kind of be like, hey. If you haven't noticed us in the previous years, now you're going to notice this from the 10th year. So we're doing things pre-production and the actual event that we're going to let people know, yo, this is a, a combination of, you know, like how Marvel did. They're doing the Avengers to let people know, I yo. I just watched that for the first time, too. What? I, well, well, I watched Infinity War for the first time. Oh, yeah. you watched it on and Netflix, I was, right? I did, and yeah. I was pissed at the end because I'm just like well what the fuck's going on <laughs> that's, that's how they want you to be they want you to be like yo we need extra money out of you for this next movie yeah that's so, what I was sitting in the couch and I was just like but why like why is all these people disappearing like what's going right, on right Right, but you're engaged, and that's what they wanted you to be. I was engaged, for sure. And so for these nine years, we've just been building that audience for free by letting people taste, uh, get a sample of what where we were trying to go with this whole um, niche thing. Mm-hmm. And um, now the 10th year is like, you know what it is, you know, and we want you to come out and celebrate us for all that, you know, we've accomplished during these years. Um, let me ask you a question, actually. Um, I'm the interviewer. No, I'm playing. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. If you had a choice to recommend three people that you feel deserve a, a Fashion 500 Award, Fashion 500 Award, who would you recommend? Oh, that is a good question. I know. I, 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 let me guess. Let's get it. Let's get it. Oh. Name me three I top wasn't, people. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Three people that I've three, three, and they gotta be from New York, New Jersey. Why I got? I'm not even from New York. So why I gotta be from New York? Well, 
That's really what I we know, do. I'm playing. Yeah, yeah unless, they, um, unless you know, we get a sponsor cool. that can fly them in. You know what I mean? So, hmm. Hmm. You want to get back to it? You want to DM it? That, you no, don't want, I want to because I have, I have people. I'm just trying to figure out who I feel. Who, who do you like, yo, this is this person is dope. He, she or he definitely needs this award. Like, he's got to be on this roster. There's no way. Right. Like, every it year I've been waiting for you guys to honor blank. Right. Just because I want to meet them. You know, it could be selfish reasons. It could be selfish reasons? Yeah, it could be like, I mean, yo, I always wanted to meet Blase Blah. That's my fashion love, idol icon. It's a young, wait, did y'all already honor her? I love, it's a young lady. Her The name of her organ, the name of her brand is These Pink Lips. Did y'all already honor her? No. See? She, we never heard of her. She's out of Philly. She did that really dope... Um, Paint it. She hand paints everything. All her clothes are. Oh, did she do the thing for Cardi B yeah. with the letters? Her. Oh, shout her out. Yeah. Shout her out her. right now. Shout her These out Pink right Lips, now. That's the name of her brand. And All she's right. out of Philly and she's dope. And she's the first black woman I know for her jacket to be in the coat, in the window right. at Bergdorf Goodman. Dope. Ooh, in New dope. York City. There you go. So, there you go. Her, that's exactly it's another young lady. Her name is Erica Appleby, but she's in. She's back and forth between Miami. Not the restaurant. No. Oh, okay. Her name is Erica, but yeah, her last name is Appleby. Um, she's in between Miami and New York. Um, she's she does a lot of stuff here and based here, but I think she went back to Miami and she's like back and forth. And she's just like an all around artist. Like she's all her brand is all about like the empowerment of women, mm -hmm. and she does a lot of like self-care stuff that works she works it into her fashion like her spiritual side and like her painting and her artwork it all comes across in her artwork okay and so in her now fashion. who's, so who's her now name's three er here's erica appleby dope and who else that y'all have to honor a lot of people y'all honor that i mess with I'm like i mm. like that person um dope. but and this you see how like you just introduce us two people so mm -hmm. imagine right i ask a hundred past honorees the same question, right? And they all give me three new names. So now I have 300 new honorees, potential honorees, and I have to squeeze that down to 20. That is a lot. Exactly. Oh, well, last one then, I'm just, me, I'm throwing it in now. No. I need to be honored. There you go. So far. But I don't want to be... Say I want to be honored. I want to, for someone else to recommend me right. to be honored. Right. For us, we like to think like let's throw it out there. Big big names like Naomi Campbell. We would love to honor her. She's That'd an icon. Nice. Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks. We would love to honor Ava her. Pickford. Be Beverly Be Beverly Johnson. Yep. Yes. Juana Ambrose. Juana. Y'all haven't got Joan yet, have y'all? I love my Don't worry, we, we, we work on that. Have y'all honored him yet? He came last year, and we were in the works to honor him, but because of his schedule, and he just was jumping off with the Gucci thing, mm -hmm. um, he didn't know if he was available. But he came in to represent or to show support to another honoree. So hopefully that, you know, we'll get that on board too. Okay. So my last question is, what are your long-term goals for Fashion 500, which I feel like y'all kind of touched on. You was like Fashion 500 London and like all these other cities. So what else do you see for uh, us? Also kind of like um, where we do like the TV one of fashion. You know how like TV one, they do the confessions, they have the interviews. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, my bad. We, we sorry. My bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all those that's viewing live. My bad. It's all I didn't good. even know I was that close. 
Um, no, um, you definitely want to kind of like do the fashion 500 of like TV one with uh, confection, uh, confessions. Mm -hmm. um, that also, and also a highlight situation where kind of like we become the managers of all the designers, stylists, everything, where we're that third party and creating that platform also. Because like I said, once again, I think the major thing everybody um, needs is just it's more financing at the end yeah. of the day. That's just really what, you know, right. there's a lot of um, struggling entrepreneurs. And you know, the drive. Yeah, and the drive. Mm -hmm. And, um, they're, you know, they're putting all their money out of their pocket, you know, for everything. So, mm -hmm. you know. This come out my pocket. Also, yeah. too, we would <laughs> like, love, this come out my you know, pocket. <laughs> besides um, the show being televised or pick up for, you know, something like that, we would love maybe, even if it's an online platform, hey, not only can I get introduced to new black designers i can literally click a link and it'll send me to their store where i can purchase stuff nice. and you know i can support black designers or introduce just from that platform you know what i, I mean like that. so that would be like you know fashion 500 online you know that would be dope too that's dope i like that so I, I, look, and so. I like that it's like in this unifying, you yes. know, and it's putting everything in one place, and that's my big exactly. Thing. You like this? You like this honoree, or you like what they do? Here is where you can buy their stuff. I like that one stop shop. Yep. One stop shop. No, they didn't. Don't knock on the door. Is that is that a guest? Uh, no, you expecting no guests? Guest. No, it ain't. Just give me a second. Two seconds. Okay, bye. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, that completes the interview. Um, you guys want to plug the event one time for the one yeah, time? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, we want to plug April is Black Fashion Month every every year. Um, fashion is 24-7, but April is Black Fashion Month. We want to also plug our sponsors this year, which is Caribbean Social, also Suede Restaurant of Brooklyn, and we also want to shout out our new partners this year, which is Upscale Society. And we want to thank the future honorees and the past honorees that are coming back to celebrate um, black fashion excellence, um, each other, the Black Association for even coming up with this idea and having a platform to introduce people to new designers as well. And the event is Sunday. April 28th from 3 to 12 a.m. Oh, I lit. also want to thank you for having yes. us on this show. Definitely appreciate your efforts on this. And that's basically it. Yeah, we'll go out to your social media. They'll be in the comments, um, like in my show notes, but just throw out your, show, your social media handles too where people can connect and reach you guys. Sure. So you can find us at uh, the T-H-E Block Association on IG and you could find me uh, the M Report T-H-E-M Report on IG as well and also and you could also follow us at the Fashion 500 and you can follow me individually at Carlito Haciano. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Black and Fashion Podcast. Yep. We won't peace. be here, but she will be. I will be here. So peace out and stay black. Thank you. My skin is black. What you looking My at? My skin yeah. is black. I feel so good Masking. to be black. Right hi, now. hi, hi. Welcome to episode number 14 of the Black and Fashion Podcast. 
maybe a little bit long-winded today. I'm just going to pull that disclaimer out there. I just came off of a flight from Panama, so I am tired. I've been traveling for 12-plus hours. So today I have Daya with me. Um, I wanted to bring her on because she is a driving force in the fashion industry. She's a designer, a seamstress, an instructor. So I wanted to bring her in today and talk a little bit about like her journey, her goals, and her vision in fashion, and what she feels like some of the things that are missing in fashion and we're gonna jump right in well first let's just do a little icebreaker okay. so I always like to do this thing where it's just like this or that and you have to like pick one the other okay right. so um, pants or shorts pants skirts or dresses dresses uh, v-necks or crew necks crew necks side boob or under boob hmm <laughs> hmm Side boob. Side boob. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just to make sure I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump right in. Um, I want to start off by like discussing like a little bit about your background, how you got started in fashion. Like, are you self-taught? Um, were you school style? Um, did a grandmother teach you like a lot of us out there? So I just want to go over like a little bit of your background. Okay. Well, <clears throat> actually a little bit of both with the self-taught and somebody else teaching me. I actually saw my mom. Um, like him and my brother's pants I think at the age of like 11 or 10 and then after that, I kind of was like oh that looks easy enough for me to do like the whole in and out method um and then I actually kind of started to do things like make my dolls clothes out of like stockings and like scraps of things and like gotcha. um things of that nature and then from there I kind of just decided like okay I think I want to take this a little more serious you know mm -hmm. um so that was kind of mostly the start of the interest into fashion I guess you could say um and then I had a subscription to L Girl magazine mm -hmm. I don't know if you <laughs> remember that one I feel like I'm telling my age mm -hmm. but uh yeah I had a subscription a subscription to them mm -hmm. and then I kind of made it a point to just start to mock what I saw on TV so I'm like oh I'm gonna make my own mood board I'm gonna create a portfolio using like a photo album where you literally peel open the plastic and like stick the pictures oh, there. Wow. Yeah. oh wow yeah I ain't seen one of those in a long time that's real old school that's super old school okay that's my age but no so that's kind of where it started um mm -hmm. and then I mean unfortunately I kind of hit a wall when I was I think about like 12, 13, I kind of came to my mom and I was like, we need to have a serious talk. And she's like, about what? I'm like, I want to pursue fashion in school. And she was like, you're not doing that. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Yep. So. <laughs> How did she get that. over it? I mean, honestly, I, I think now she's over it, but mm -hmm. I ended up taking her word for it. So I went to school and I actually pursued a degree in um, English. Oh, but okay. while I was in school, I was still doing things. I was still creating clothing. I was still having these ideas, constantly thinking about fashion. It was just something I couldn't stop thinking about, like 24 seven, that's what was on my mind. Gotcha. So I had friends coming to me like, oh, you wanna make my outfit for blah, blah, blah. And I would be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, you know, or like um, some of my guy friends in school would be like, yo, I ripped my pants or I need to hem them mm -hmm. for this meeting we got. And I'm like, I got you. People so it was stay just coming like, to you for yeah, stuff like that. Exactly. And I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I never was like one of those people like, don't ask me to tailor nothing for you. Like when you break something, it's probably because it doesn't fit. And you and want it, me to make it fit. And you want me to make it fit. Like I cannot stand that. That annoys the heck out mm -hmm. of me. And it happens so often. Oh yeah, because people think you got magic fingers. You could just make anything You can just work. do anything. Yeah. And they really think that you can like actually fit them into something mm -hmm. that it just don't even work. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no y'all, more fabric is usually what you want. When you got right. less fabric, you ask or me to make miracle happen. I've had people have me make panels in there. Like, oh, can you create like a panel for I mean, I'm like, y'all doing a lot right now. That's too much for me. No. But yeah, that was that was kind of how I started it out. Mm -hmm. And then the more I kind of went along with it, I was like, all right, 
you know, at this point, maybe it's too late. I'm already in school, going through undergrad, um, graduated. Mm -hmm. And then I think, I mean, I went into the public relations field. Mm -hmm. So I did that for about two and a half, three years. Um, I was miserable. It was oh. a desk job. And I would think that public yes. relations was a lot more interesting and it would give you like certain skills that you need to like make your brand even like more popping, but you didn't like it at all. No, I mean, so positives and negatives for sure, what you said. It was mm -hmm. definitely that. I mean, I picked up on that. I always, always had like the gift of gab, mm -hmm. but I think that public relations helped me to tailor it a little bit more and make things marketable, know how to sell things, know how to talk to people, um, move in different rooms. So I was definitely grateful for that opportunity. But I think the company culture, like both places I ended up working was very toxic. And that's kind of okay. what made me be like, yo, I don't want to do this no more. Yeah, you I know? could never work in a toxic environment. Oh. I quit a job in a minute. Yeah. I, am, I am queen. <laughs> I am queen quit a job. Queen okay. quit the job. I am queen quit the job because I find something else real quick. Mm -hmm. In the same field, you know. Yes. I, I've been a New York girl, what, five years? Mm -hmm. I probably worked for like 10 companies. Wow. Or more than that. Because I'm just like. Oh yeah, nah, I'm not doing this. We not about to play these games. She said ten, ten, ten plus, girl. Yes. Since I've been here, yeah, I've worked for a lot of companies because I'm not gonna mess around. Like yeah. I don't, I, if I gotta be here thirty, not thirty. 40 plus hours yeah. a week. It has to be something that I like, something that I'm going to enjoy. And a lot okay. of times it's the people who can like really mess it up. You might mm -hmm. actually really enjoy what you're doing. And then the people around you, and I'm like, you know what? I can't be in this type Definitely. of environment. I can't be around this type of energy like on a mm -hmm. daily basis at all. Right, right. So what like um, inspires you? Like how do you like incorporate like um, your inspiration? Like how do you bring like your inspiration mm -hmm. to life like through your designs? I mean, I think a little bit of everything inspires me. I think, like, the art world, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I think it kind of just comes, honestly, naturally in my mind. I just see things that I want to create. Mm -hmm. um, I might look at the certain shape of something. A lot of architecture inspires me. Mm -hmm. um, I think more than anything, definitely architecture. Me just looking at shapes and patterns and textures and, like, just even looking outside at certain buildings and, like, the structures of things. Uh, and then just pushing a narrative, I like to almost take unconventional things and sort of tailor them to the body in a way that you wouldn't expect or maybe kind of take this stripe and do this with it instead of that. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just try to go away from the expected. I just, it's, it's boring to me. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's always good to have you a few classic pieces. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I like to push the envelope. Um, my brother's a painter, so that's another, you know what I mean, avenue, that kind of thing. So it's just constant art. I'm always around, so I'm always inspired, for sure. So what's your favorite, like, your favorite genre of art? Like, what's your favorite time period? I think now. I mean, it sounds cliche, but I like now because I feel like I can actually experience it and live in it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I kind of feel like... That's Lex. Is that Lex? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like now is better because you know how we always have this hype about how we like love the 90s and we love the 80s. Absolutely. But it's like we grew up in it. We didn't necessarily get to experience it in our adulthood. You know what I'm saying? Right. So getting to be a part of this movement and going and seeing these like local up and coming artists at all these exhibits and things like that. Mm -hmm. This is what I like. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm connecting with them. A lot of times they're there. I'm able to talk to them. Um, I can touch them like it's it's like in the present and here and now and right. I think that that's something that a lot of us don't do is live more in the here and now you know that's dope and um it's like if you would have went to like design I don't know if they do it everywhere but like where mm -hmm. I went to design school they made us take art history one and we oh, had to take wow. art history two so they made it go from we had to start in like the 1800s and mm -hmm. they came all the way up to current man oh. they skipped over black art I'm just gonna throw that out there because they definitely did okay Am I even surprised? Yeah, they skipped. It was like, and we, they had us, and when I tell you, I failed the first time, girl. Like, I wasn't even paying attention in that study hall because I'm like, this shit is boring. Like, it was like so damn boring. I'm like, I can't 
pay. It's like watching paint and, dry. And the class was four hours long in the lecture hall, and it was like super Ooh. dark in there. I used to be knocked out, yeah. like no lie. Yeah. I used to be asleep. Like That's a perfect atmosphere. When I ended up having to take it over, the teacher she was a little bit more interested, so okay. she had us doing like like um, actually getting involved. Like so, whatever it was, we had to create it. So we was studying yeah. like the Japanese art. We would have to do like these Japanese summer ink paintings, and she mm -hmm. made us do them like on rice paper, oh, and then dope. we did a. Um, like a series like on like uh, egg tapora paintings and like mm -hmm. like created like paint like from egg and stuff like that so that wow. stuff kept it interesting but those time periods that we were talking about if it wasn't dry. that or like our nouveau I was just like I don't care about yeah. none of this and it's dry yeah but it they also made us always go to the museum like we had to it's an art institute yeah. in Chicago and we had to go I think I was in art institute every week <laughs> you every week passed. looking at the yeah. same paintings and I'm like I'm so tired of looking at this uh -huh. it's like the art teachers the design teachers, they was like, go to the art institute, go to the art institute. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm so tired of going to the art institute. I don't want to go to the art institute no more. And I love art, but Same. they it wasn't they wasn't changing it enough for me to have oh, to go yeah. that often. And yeah. coincidentally, it was like right across the street from the school. It was really close to the school too. <laughs> It wasn't and no trip for you. He was just like, listen. I was like, I'm I, I can go. To, can we go to the field museum? Right. Like, can we do something else? <laughs> for sure. Um, I do like um, black art. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've started, and I love it, like, from, like, the Harlem 19, like, mm -hmm. the Harlem Renaissance, like, all that, like, mm -hmm. uh, art. I think Claude McKay was doing, was in that time, too. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, like, the type of art okay. and stuff like that. I think that, like, that we really need to, like, push into a culture, I guess. Like, yeah. I feel like we don't know enough about our history. Like, people do... Like, mm -hmm. I ain't even say they do. The current here and now, I think a lot more people are starting to, like, go to exhibits right. and starting to look and, like, really starting to absorb it and stuff. But I just feel like y'all need to kind of go back just a little yeah. bit to the little black arts movement. To the basics. Yeah, go back to the basics uh -huh. and, like, really, really learn and start, like, not, not saying you have to incorporate that, but if you look back at it, mm -hmm. you but see all that stuff, that architecture, yeah. those shapes, like those colors and stuff like that. And I love it because I love your work. And I, and I can oh, see you. how that comes through in really? your designs. Oh, yeah, like, so yeah, the shapes and the colors like that. Like, I can see it all, like, in your designs. You. you know, I was just like, you know, stalking your page. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, I got it. Like, I get it. Like, I see it all. Thank you. For sure. So I wanted to talk about the program that you started. Yes. For, come on now. Oh, yes. Come on for the so youth. For the culture. <laughs> for the culture. So the how, did you, how did you come into teaching? Like, how did this uh, program start itself? Well, I have this belief that, like, you really can't say that a craft is yours until you're able to teach it to somebody. And then mm -hmm. I know you're probably familiar with the term where it's like, if you can explain something to, like, a five-year-old, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Then you really get the concept. You understand it. Like, anybody can talk in these big, huge one dollar, one dollar fifty cent words, you know what I mean? But it's like when you can break it down, break it down to a science where somebody completely out of your like scope of understanding gets it, then I feel like that's when it's like, all right, I could claim this as mine, you know? It's my craft. Yeah, it's my craft. Oh, you know? I and like, like that. <laughs> I'm teaching a seven year old right now. You just, go ahead. I'm like, you know? and she got it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I feel. And then I think for me too, um, I grew up in East Orange, New Jersey. Um, mm -hmm. and at and at the time where I grew up out there. I mean, the area wasn't the greatest. There was a lot of gang violence going on. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of friends getting caught up in things, that sort of thing. Um, definitely buried a couple friends, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think for me, growing up in that culture, it was very important to provide another option for students and children that age group. Because I remember, yeah. and everybody's like, well, 9 to 14 is so young. And I'm like, is it young, though? Because right. if you really think back to the memories you have, from that age period. You I remember I mean? all of that. You remember quite yeah. a bit. And that's what I learned how to sew at that age. Exactly. Yep, absolutely. And so for me, it was like, my mom really didn't have it like that. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it was like our financial forecast wasn't everything. She was a single mom raising two kids in East Orange. You know what I'm saying? Basically right. in the hood at the time. And I think, she, I just admire 
her ability to kind of do the research and do find these programs that were free, send mm-hmm. us to these camps every summer to get us out the house. And you know what I'm saying? Because her favorite thing was like, idle time is the devil's time. Facts. So it was like, you're not going to be sitting up in the house not doing nothing. Like, you're going to be active. And she kind of saw um, from a young age that we had gifts. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was like, it's going to be her best bet to kind of like, just allow us to kind of cultivate those gifts. So it mostly comes from that. And um, I was just like, I already know how this goes. It's like a lot of time these kids get these programs and then in a blink of an eye, like the government takes away the funding. You know what I'm saying? That happens often. Yeah, you got the teachers trying to figure it out, scary to help them out, um, vice versa. So that was most important for me in that age group specifically, like I said, because I just remembered like so much that happened. From that time, yes. And I feel like that's such a pivotal, like, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of where that started and I just kind of took it from there and went, yeah. Has it taken, it take you like a really long time to like get the program like up and running? Like, has it been like a, a trial, well, I'm pretty sure it's been hard, but. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> anytime you're dealing with like, you know, uh, adults and like their children, that sort of thing, you're always mm-hmm. gonna like meet a couple walls, but I'm always extremely um, flexible because I understand, you know what I mean? Again, I had that same mom. So it's like, um, I it, it honestly, it took off faster than I could even imagine. Mm-hmm. And this was something I had been planning without realizing I was planning it because I wrote it down. I write down my goals, right? right? So I wrote this down, but I, I didn't project teaching until I wanna say 40s or 50s, seriously. I was really? like, I wanna know a lot. I wanna be very wise and like weathered or seasoned, whatever you wanna call it. Mm-hmm. So I really was like, no, I don't, I don't wanna teach yet because I felt like I don't have enough to teach, you know what I'm saying? I get that. So it was like that, and, and then it just, the opportunity, it just kept calling to me, and then I just was like, hmm. And then initially the idea started out with me, because I went to Hampton University, I graduated from Hampton. Nice. Uh, Go ahead, you. girl, be <laughs> So, um, the real HU, by the way, yeah. Um, you know, you got some Howard people in there, they gonna be they like, be all right. uh, they gonna be excuse all right. you. They still love y'all, they like, you know, the little cousins. Yeah, like arch rivals. Yeah, <laughs> But so um, I graduated with quite a few people who went into like all these different amazing fields. And I'm like, man, if I could just uh, create this program where I could connect the children to mentors that are doing exactly what they want to do, that look exactly like them, Mm -hmm. then I could figure out how to do this. So I reached out to all my, um, a lot of like my uh, alumni from Hampton. And I was just kind of like, hey, would you be looking to sponsor, you know, a child to learn how to sew? And the reason I started off with saying sponsor was because I would have to rent space. I don't have like an office or studio space at the moment. Right. So I was like, I have to literally pay for that. And that's all you're paying for. Because I just honestly didn't want any type of um, monetary value from it. Because that's not why I was doing it. You know what I mean? Like I really just wanted to give back, honestly. And so um, they all agreed, and I got a bunch of people to sign up and do it. That's what's um, Yeah, and then after, like, a couple, you know, sessions, I realized, okay, maybe I could find somewhere free to do this so that it's free for everybody. Right. That way, it's just really just the engaging. It's just the pure interest that everybody wants to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I found out, oh, I could book free sessions at this library over here, and I could do this over here. So that's what I started doing. Okay. Um, and now I just do appointment-based with the parents. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, okay. I actually have like a one student, she came to me and she, uh, I think she did uh, admissions for like fashion high school or something like that. It's fashion industry high school. Fashion industry yeah. high school, They have That's to right. have a, uh, like yeah. a whole portfolio yo, and other stuff to enter. And I'm like, oh, you gotta have a portfolio, <laughs> portfolio coming out of eighth grade? Like, like yo, they're not playing with them. They're not, not playing that. with them. And I just mm-hmm. think that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you respect from kids to have that? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't draw in eighth grade. I didn't learn how to draw. Stick figures, yeah. Right, like, you learn how to draw. I couldn't draw. But she came either. to me, and her mom's like, "Yeah, she has to do admissions. She has to do that." And I'm like, "Wow!" And the week before that, I had actually met um, 
a really dope guy at Essence Street Style Festival, mm-hmm. which I just started kind of like chatting. This past one? Yes. Oh, I was there. Were you there? Yes, we I was. Right into each other. Yep, I'm crazy. like, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, he came up to me and we just started chatting and he's like, so what do you do? And I kind of told him a little bit about what I did and he was like, well, can I record one of the sessions? Like, you know, I want to put it on like my TV channel, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, let me just okay with the parent first, you know what I mean? But that right. would be dope. I spoke to her. She was like, yeah. And I was like, well, why don't she could use this for her admissions process? Because I'm pretty sure they would like that. Right. Like a little see. video. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Set her apart so from the like, rest we, of them. We're going to get this up. application together. Like, you're you going to get in there. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually worked with her. And then that was one of my, like, my most recent ones. And I took a pause from beat from it because something that spoke to me to kind of say, slow down on that um, until you figure out exactly the direction you wanted to go and kind of can stop and create that five to ten year plan for it. And what I'm thinking is that I kind of wanted to become a nonprofit organization. So that's the, and you know how that goes. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted, and that's what I was wanting to do. Uh, So when I met you, I was just like, that is exactly what I've been trying to do. Because I started out with, like, you know, I I put it in the group text at Mm -hmm. first. And I was just like, I want us to mentor, like, little girls and help them sew and stuff like that. But it's so hard to get, like, people together, especially when there's, like, so many different entrepreneurs. They got Mm -hmm. their own rip, their own goals. They got their own schedule. They just got so much to do on their own. And it's really hard (laughs) to get them in there. Because right now, I only have two girls. Like, Mm -hmm. I have someone that's uh, right in high school, and I have someone that's Okay. And just even scheduling time just to like work with them yes. is like difficult for yes. me. But I wanted to be like a non for profit yeah. and um, like, you know, like the, the black girls, like little designer clothes. I, so I have it. like high hopes for this. I do too. We could work together. We can, we will. Because yes. I really, really want this to happen. Like, I yes. really want to be like like that giving back mm-hmm. too. And I want to, I was doing some research like on the non for profit mm-hmm. stuff, but then stay, I'm like, oh, you trying to do podcast, trying to. It's just so like, much yes. that I want to do, and that's so much I want to get mm-hmm. to the world. But it's just like, just, you know, take it one day yeah. at a time, you know, you and yeah. collaborate and partner with people. So that way, you know, you're not having to do everything by yeah. yourself and try I'm to like, figure that. out. Yeah, yeah, I'm like that too. Like, I'm just like, well, I'm going to do it. And if nobody else want to yeah, do it, I'm, I'm going to take it on. You I know? get up and get it done. I, it's like something I always struggle with was honestly asking for help. Like, mm-hmm. and I can admit that in the place I'm in now, but right. like, I'm just always a go-getter. I don't I don't even think to ask. I just get up and figure it out. I'm resourceful. Same. I get things done. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I'm gonna get it done regardless. Okay. I think I put a meme up there like that, not the, you know, on my page. Like I'm gonna get it done regardless. A whole bunch of hundreds in the comments, like yeah, exactly, girl, right, right. Get it. Um, what is your favorite thing about like working with the youth? Uh, the youth to me is just like their minds are amazing. I think the limitlessness of their minds, because I feel like once you get to adulthood, you've kind of already been put into so many boxes and been scored against so many rubrics that it sort of starts to water you down. Like that natural flavor that you have when you first start everything, like when you first start your passion, the hunger that's there, like everything. Like when I tell you these children, they're trying to make it any which way. It's like they get to me and I'm like talking to them and I'm like, so what do you want to do with this? And they're just like chatting me up, chatting me up. And I look at the time, and I'm like, oh, we've been here two hours. And they just like, well, anyway, so blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like they can talk. They're so they hungry. Can, Yo, listen, and I love it. And it mm-hmm. just reminds you of that light that's there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I love it. And I don't want anybody to dim it or dull it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like that and the fact that children will always teach you. Like, you think that all you're doing is teaching them? No, they're teaching you right back. And that's kind of something I always appreciate about them. They offer new perspectives. Mm -hmm. And even, it it seems so simple what they say, Mm -hmm. but they don't understand the complexity. And it's like, you're trying to come up with an idea to do something. They're like, why don't you just do this? Because it's just so, like, whatever to them, you know? Right, true. Like, that nonchalantness, I love it. I'm just like, man, like, this is me. Yeah. (laughs) I I, uh, taught at the, have you heard of the Black Girls Sew Green Fashion Camp? No, what is that? Okay, it's actually around here. It's in Bed-Stuy. So they do it. It's a, like, young lady who does it. um, What is her name? 
I forgot. Mm. I can't think of her name right now. But mm. they have an Instagram page. It's called the Black Girl Soul Green Camp. So okay. it's done all through the summer. Mm. It's done like on a winter recess. It's mm. done like every time the kids have a break, she has yes. this program or whatever. Okay. And when I first saw it, I'm like, oh my God, I would love to teach. I would love to mm. teach or whatever. Just like a volunteer. Mm. So I finally got a chance to teach this summer. <laughs> And I taught all day. Like mm-hmm. I taught, I got there at ten, girl. And I didn't leave to six, so mm-hmm. I, I was there all day. Mm-hmm. And I was teaching um, girl pattern making, mm-hmm. and those girls were from six to eleven. Wow, so difficult. Yes, <laughs> pattern making is not an easy. It was so difficult, but like I was really trying to get them to understand how like the body works, and they yeah. were really like they were surrounded because I had like uh, slopers on the table, so mm-hmm. I'm just like, what's this? And like, mm-hmm. oh, that's, that's the neck. I'm like, well, what's this then? Yeah. And then they like they and once they started to really look at it, they're like, okay, that's the shoulder. Yeah, that's the arm. Like, and that's why I really wanted mm-hmm. them to understand. Like, so <laughs> I would ask them questions opposed to giving them the answer because I kept asking I like them. I, I catered it to each one of the girls, so I spent mm-hmm. little time with each one of them, and it was like ten of them girls a lot. Yeah. Yes. It was they wore me out, girl. <laughs> yes, but they all wanted to, they all wanted to make halter tops, and they all it was either halter top or they wanted to make crop tops. Crop tops. And then I'm like, is your mother's gonna let you guys wear these? That's things always my question. Before we start making this mm-hmm. stuff, and they was just so I mean, it was just so small, and I'm like trying to figure this out. I'm like, okay, so but everybody wants to do the same thing, so I'm like, okay, well, where's your chest? Like, mm-hmm. if you was looking at this, where 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 would this land? At? And it was it was a really great experience. Like I had never been on a high like that with just them all yes. being around me, and they was all. It was funny. They was all natural, too. Yeah. So all of them had, like, little froze. Yeah, that's so beautiful. <laughs> it was so cute. I was just like, and all the little girls, like, I couldn't. It was hard for me to tell somebody apart because like, they all looked the same. Like, all the little girls, I'm like, what not just help you? Like, what do you need help with again? And then because, like, who did the program, it's something that she started because she has four. Mm-hmm. She has four kids. And she oh, has four wow, girls. Okay. It's something that she started. And mm. she self-taught. So when they were, like, on their sewing machines and they were sewing and stuff, I was almost about to have a panic attack, girl, because I'm like, Nervous. no, no, no. It wasn't even that. Oh. Just the, cause, because it's the way she had taught them, I was just like, she's like, girl, you know I'm self-taught, so I might not know, like, the proper way oh, of doing things. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, I don't think it's a proper way. It's just some things I'm just like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, they had the pins like going like this way instead through of that way. instead of that way and i was just yeah, like yeah, yeah. don't do that don't pin that mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like well, it, the sewing machine can go over the pins i'm like yeah it yeah. can go over the pins you just have to go you have to put them sideways mm-hmm. and they all was just like oh we thought, we just thought like, we had- <laughs> 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 but they was just so excited I, and then they wanted to and then after they made the crop tops they was like wanted to make mattress skirts mm-hmm. i was like girl i can't be here for two days straight <laughs> <laughs> Cause it like, was just going, it was going into the night time, mm-hmm. and their parents come get them between like six thirty and seven. I'm like this, but yeah. it was an amazing experience. Yes. I never had it around. It was like Miss 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 Lees, Miss Lees, yes. and I was just like yes. Miss 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 Miss, 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 Miss <laughs> all day long. I'm Miss, telling you, I loved every it's minute unmatched. of it. It's an unmatched high. Mm-hmm. It is, and mm-hmm. I never even knew. Like I always, I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be mm-hmm. a teacher when I was like six. Like oh. I always wanted to be a teacher, <laughs> and I've had, and I was gonna ask you that too. Like, mm-hmm. have you ever been? I guess in a position where you just felt like the teachers that you were with just did not give a fuck. Yeah. Like, All like didn't not, and I felt that a lot in design mm-hmm. school. And I'm just like, oh. these teachers don't give a, and I was the only black girl in a lot of my classes too. Yeah. So I was just like, they don't give a damn about me or, mm-hmm. and I would ask questions and they wouldn't even want to answer them. They're like, wow. well, you can open up your book. And I'm like, you know how much tuition costs? My actual question, you, you, you should answer my mm-hmm. question. That's and design is so hands on. Mm-hmm. Why would you tell me to open up my book to do something when you could just, give me the answer or right. just help me you don't even right. have to give me the answer but you can walk me around it and mm-hmm. and i can find the answer myself it, yeah. and that's one thing i feel like with teachers like some of them come to new york mm-hmm. they don't make it mm-hmm. and they go back and they start teaching and stuff like that but they never had a passion for it in the first place yeah and you have to have a passion for it Agreed. i feel like if you 
don't if this was your backup plan, mm-hmm. it's never gonna be something like Mm-mm. that you love. Like it has to be like your first plan. Yeah. Cause I didn't have a couple teachers because I wanted to knock their ass clean across no, the room. For real. And That's I was just like mm-hmm. and I was grown. So mm-hmm. I was just like, girl, who you, who you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm grown grown. I'm grown grown. I'm, I'm grown. And I'm paying for tuition. Okay. So uh you don't respect this. Don't play with me. <laughs> uh, how can others like like volunteer and like, mm-hmm. you know, if you they wanted to like come together like with you and like figuring this out, how would they go about doing that? So, I mean, I'm in the midst, like I said, of kind of getting things together paperwork-wise with the program. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think, um, like, as it's just like when you're a creative and you're an entrepreneur, like, the ideas just keep coming and they don't yeah, stop. absolutely. And it's just like sometimes you got to catch it and tailor it. And I think one of the ideas I've been having that's been coming to me is to kind of have a mentor come in during the sessions of mm-hmm. somebody that's kind of, like, a little more established or maybe just... Not even just established, but just like a woman in the industry who's doing her own thing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. even having you come in and speak to them about entrepreneurship, speak to them about manufacturing and this kind of third and your right. podcast, everything. Just so they can know it's not just linear. It's not just you at a machine with fabric, just sewing. Like you could do so many other things with these talents and these gifts. Thanks. So I'm thinking about kind of having it where on certain sessions they kind of come in and I'll have maybe three girls instead of just one girl because I'm doing one-on-one sessions right now. Gotcha. And then okay. at the three, it's like, all right, at the halfway mark, we take a pause and this person will come in and speak to you for a little bit. And then they're going to come in and talk to you and, like, kind of just, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, make it a little more interactive because I want it to become a community-based program. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. the greater vision I think I'm having for it, I mean, because I'm originally from East Orange, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. and I'm out here doing it here, which, I mean, I'm loving it. Do you do it a lot in Harlem or you do it in in Brooklyn? Brooklyn, Okay. And I'm loving it, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I got to go back home. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? I need to give back That's where home. it started. Yep. And that's where the passion started. That's where everything is. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm trying to find my way back to doing that. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, let me perfect this and tell this over here so that when I go back home, I'm not giving y'all bullshit. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, facts. So that's kind of where I'm at with it now. I would love to like, do that in Chicago. You know, I would think love that. to do that That's at like, home, you giving yeah. that back, that's huge. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to go out there and not just, I'm, I'm a business mind that doesn't want to be hands-on 25-8 with my business. I want to go right. out there set up the tracks, lay the roots, whatever, and then I can hand this off mm-hmm. and it's still working for me when I leave out the room and it's happening, you know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking like going city to city with this, like all inner city youth, right. like creating a program or maybe just a curriculum or lesson plan that can be patented and we just shopping this around and we getting like the funding for this. You gonna take this, you gonna do that, you know what I mean? Like whatever the case may be and you have this program here for these students, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. taken care of. Like, that's kind of how I wanted to be. Just inner city youth kids. Like, I just, I have, my heart is huge for that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where I'm from. So it's like, yeah. That is so dope. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, what, like, what's your ethnicity? Like, what's your mm-hmm. background? And how does that, like, play a part in your design and your inspiration? And why do you feel like it's so important to, like, tap into, like, mm-hmm. like your roots and your ethnicity, like, in your culture? Yeah. Um, and let it be, like, you know, like, honestly come, like, your main source of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Well, I am African and American. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my dad is Sudanese. Um, he's from Sudan. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of family, um, you know what I mean, that's African on that side. And then my mom is American. I know a little bit more about her background. I mean, it's, it's like Native American Irish, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the Irish dude raped the Native American woman. Of so close the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why her last name is McDonald. <laughs> but so um, McDonald's. all of the mixes up in there, you know what I'm saying? Um, but so I think I draw inspiration just from all over the diaspora, honestly. And it's just like one of those things where I'm inspired by just people of color everywhere because we're all connected. It's like, right. I mean, the source obviously is us because we were at the start, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you just see us 
sort of water and water and all these roots everywhere else. So a little bit of our story is everywhere, like spread around the globe. Right. So I just look at that. And, and when you see the common thread, you're like, wow. Like you can look at this culture and see how we influence. You look at that culture and see how we influence. And it's just astonishing to see how people think like, oh, you're not going to see black people in Germany. You're not going to see black people here. Like we are everywhere. Everywhere. Exactly. So I'm just like, can't stop, won't stop. And my thing <laughs> is I get so intrigued. Like, okay, this is the nerdy side of me. I like doing research, right? Like, mm. I thoroughly enjoy research. That was probably my favorite part of our PR. Mm. <laughs> it's like, so I go into it, and I'm like, okay, well, uh, they wear the Dutch um, African prints, the Ankara designs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, why is it called Dutch prints? When did that right. start? And then there's like a history of that coming there where that wasn't their initial garb that they were wearing. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm -hmm. they were wearing the, the dyed, um, like, Kilts. Yeah, yeah, like linens and stuff, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like all of a sudden you see this new wave in Africa where everybody wants to wear a car and you're like, but it says Dutch print on it and I gotta iron this sticky thing off the fabric before I use it, you know what I'm saying? Right. And it's telling you that this is through trade. Right. So it's like, okay, and now I get into things like that and I'm like, well, what are the origins? And I start doing things like Googling what did the original people in such and such wear traditionally like you know what i mean like gotcha. so i when i tell you my inspiration is from everywhere it's like i like that you dig that deep though i try like, really like really hard. really yeah. like dig like really like deep into it and stuff mm -hmm. and i feel like that was like so i think that's something that might be yeah. a little bit harder for yeah. some designers because yeah. i rarely hear that like you know yeah. like when they pull the inspiration stuff mm -hmm. like that that they really go like really really deep into research um that's something that's taught in school too i had a concept class yeah. and i hated it really? because it really pushed it I hated it at first because mm -hmm. it would push me to like really, really think and really yeah. have to research and go real into depth with stuff. And I'm just like, well, you know, I just make something that's pretty. Yeah, but it's like, like but it pushed that? me to be a better designer, you know, like mm -hmm. to really, really go deeper into the culture because mm -hmm. we had to do one, we had to even do a project based on emotion. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, what you want me to make? That sounds intense. Yeah, and I was just like, well, what do you want me to make? And then she's like, well, the whole project is emotion. emotion. I was just like, so whatever you feeling, huh? I'm like, I don't feel nothing. <laughs> I don't feel anything. What's going on? I was kind of like, I wasn't. I wasn't in a great place in my life. Okay, well, like, there you go. <laughs> so I ended up doing. At the time, I actually was going through a domestic violence situation with oh, wow. a with a boyfriend, and I did the entire collection based on that. Based on that, and all the garments were ripped. They were wow. all black. They were purple and like a mixture of black. So I was just like mm -hmm. scratching at them and stuff, and trying to make it like look super duper distressed and mm -hmm. super duper not put together, and just made the colors like real dark. And when I gave to get that presentation, my teacher was just like, <laughs> "I got an A." Was <laughs> like you said emotion. You said emotion, and she was just like. Why? Like she couldn't believe mm -hmm. it, and it took me just a lot just to even want to put like to bring that out of me yeah. and to like take what I was feeling yeah. and to put that on a mood board or yeah. to put that into designs. And I was just like, this shit. It's so here. intimate. When I telling. looked at it, I was like, bitch, you snap, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and then some of the pieces were wearable and some of them some weren't wearable, yeah. but it was like Yeezy before Yeezy because yeah. everything was like okay. the stressing tour. It was yeah. long before that, and yeah. I was just like. Wow. Like but that really, was in there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like when we do step outside of because you always hear designers are like, I'm inspired by Versace Spring 92. <laughs> right. And you're just like, how many times are we going to dig <laughs> back in the crates Facts. and look at these people that already done did the same things who also right. got their inspiration mm -hmm. from somebody on their team who did in-depth research in another country? Because exactly. that's where that be coming from. You're mm -hmm. looking at these LV ponchos and braids and cornrows walking down the runway and it's like, Right, they got the Little. inspiration. Right, y'all gotta go and like dig deeper. Yeah. I had to do. Girl, they made us do one on fruit. I had. And man was sugar cane. 
Wow. The whole collection, girl. Sugar cane. I just was like in house, just stripping because I went to Jamaica. Yeah. And I just was like stripping them down. I was just like, that what the so hell am I going to do with this? Like, <laughs> but I figured it out. Like, I really mm-hmm. did or whatever. And it was up with them that time, one time they sent us to the art yeah. museum. And I just, you know, <laughs> it was a whole Fuck bunch of like museum. African heads or whatever. So I did one on black hair. Mm. So all the garments were like, all the hair was like braided. Like, all the garments yes. were like braided and twisted. And they were like, Everything that I saw, I really went back into like mm-hmm. African culture and like really was looking at like the way like their hair was yes. and different things. And I made a whole collection based off of that too. That's amazing. And th- that one was nice too, actually. Yeah. It was, but that one on sugar cane, girl. I snapped with that one. I was like, I don't even know what to do with this sugar cane. <laughs> but when it came to the end, I was just like, you really gotta like push, push yourself yes. to really think yes. outside the box. And I'm not gonna lie, I do think that that is some of the reason why some of us African American designers don't mm-hmm. get too. I say they don't get too far ahead. I just feel like we don't push the envelope enough. Mm-hmm. Like we're not pushing the envelope enough, and then we are sometimes repeating what other people mm-hmm. are doing, and we're doing or we get too too stuck into custom, yeah. and we get too stuck into well, my customer wants this, opposed to mm-hmm. like you being the designer and mm-hmm. advising your showing customer them what they want. and showing yeah. them what they want, mm-hmm. opposed to being like, well, I seen this on such and such at the Grammys or whatever, yeah. and like you're recreating it and putting your spin on it exactly. which is like you trying to make it yours but it's never going to be yours whether you exactly. put your spin on it or you exactly. don't put your spin on it you got to go deeper Agreed. like and i think that we have to push ourselves to get deeper mm-hmm. into our like philosophies and deeper into our design and if i asked you what your brand is what is it mm-hmm. like what are what is your brand doing like what is your distinct characteristics yes. of your brand like yes. what is like three give me three adjectives that describes yes. your brand which is what they used to push us to do at school mm-hmm. and i took a lot of that stuff and i in my consulting and stuff like that mm-hmm. i do that and yes. I'm just like, so what is it? Love that. You know, and I just try to push them because, especially with newer designers, like, mm. they got a thought, they want to be designers, but what what are you doing? Yeah, what are you, you don't have here? no physical training. Mm-hmm. You don't really know how to do the research. And I just feel like they just think, like, I'm going to make this product. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to make yeah. all this money. But yes. it's just like, how does it benefit yes. anyone? Like, what are you doing to, to yeah. create the culture? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the biggest part of this, that's why we here. Right. Let me just remind them to get on this live. Right. <laughs> like, because I got some people, too. You got to drop some gems. Right. I'm a, let's drop some gems. Designers, push yourselves. <laughs> Please push yourselves. And please listen to this episode. <laughs> I'm about to go ahead and repost this so y'all can see. All right. Because I don't know if y'all listening right, right. now. If they ain't listening, get, they gonna listen. I was going to get a little deep on y'all real right. quick. <laughs> that's what we got to do. That's y'all why we're here. Pay attention, all right? right. That's exactly what I did. I'm like, this is a platform for us to push, mm-hmm. to talk, to discuss, to, you know, bring things to light and to really like, I mean, the whole point of podcast is for the enhancement of the black designers, merchandisers, yes. buyers, yes. stylists, models, yes. <laughs> whatever you want to do. It's just like enhance your skills. And sometimes I don't think, I mean, if we don't talk about it, it might not come up. Exactly. Like, you, might, you might not think about it. Like now you're going to have somebody in the back of the head and like, oh. Hmm. I didn't think to do I that. I didn't think to right. do that, and we didn't think to do that because we don't we don't talk about it enough. We don't discuss it enough. Yes. And something I was gonna say too, because mm-hmm. I know you started to say like you want people to get deeper, and I'm just like, what I'm noticing about a lot of um, you know brown black designers is that it's one of those things where, all right, can I get a little deep? You go real deep, girl. That's all what right. we're here for. We're here. What I think a lot of it has to do with is that disconnect from our roots and our ancestors. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. Um, because I kind of feel like 
well, not all, I kind of feel like. I definitely feel like that's what's missing. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where there's a lack of understanding for the fact that you come from all of this. So it's already within you. You just kind of have to tap into it. Right. But it's like, we so scared to like go off the ledge sometimes because it's like, oh, what's on the other side of this? I don't know, right. you know? Whereas like, I mean, this is a part of your culture. Just like the people that don't want to talk about like spirituality. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, we only going to stick with religion. We're not going to talk about spirituality. It's like, come on. Right. You can't talk about one without the other, clearly. Right. I asked somebody to tell me you was one of those the other day. Like, are oh, you one of those? Like when they're meditating crystal people? I'm like, yep. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm one of those. I'm meditating. Sure do. <laughs> Which is why I am unbothered. So unbothered <laughs> you, you might right wanna, now. You might want to get your Special crystal. Grade what? Like, <laughs> I'm like, you might want to get your crystal. I'm like, honestly, you might want to meditate. Charge up. Right, because you don't know what's happening in your life. Honestly. And <laughs> so that's how I look at it, too. One of those. I was like, yeah, right. excuse. Right. <laughs> that's how I look at it, too. And I'm just like, the more we start to connect again with that, I feel like that's when we'll really own it and it'll kind of become ours again because mm-hmm. all of this stuff historically is mm-hmm. ours. And I feel like you, you it know? may even have, I don't know if they do it here, but like I, in my high school, we did history every year, world history, mm-hmm. U.S. history, blah, 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 but we never did black history. Like that wasn't a no. class. We It was an elective, mm-hmm. but unless you chose it, you mm-hmm. didn't have to take it. And you know, people weren't really like choosing it like too. that. People choosing cooking, fashion. Yes, like, yes. And I could have chose fashion too, but I did not. I, did, I chose African American history. And I love that class. And Mr. Butler was my teacher. He was, he was going the hell off up in there. He used to close his door, make sure that door was closed. Yes, <laughs> we had a teacher like Mr. that. Mr. Butler was like, I'm going to get y'all the real shit. Yeah. He used to close Shout that out door. To Mr. Like, yo, he used to go in. Like, I'm about to make sure y'all understand what's going on. And if he even saw you in the hallway and you even said the word nigga, he was going off. Mm -hmm. He's like, excuse, like, he would would grab you by the back of your shirt. And be like, he come was, on in here. Be like, let me let me have mm-hmm. a let me have a conversation with you because you ain't you, something wrong, something missing, like something and, you ain't catching it right now. And it's hilarious because I feel like that's also something that's missing, like mm-hmm. um in the school systems. I mean, yeah, they don't teach it. And I, you know what, I'm gonna be this person to say I just honestly feel like that's also where a lot of failing is happening because the mm-hmm. school systems are not set up for people that look like us to be doing not good. At all. I mean, it's just honestly a school to prison pipeline. They got the kids wearing uniforms. It's a bell that rings to tell them when to get up and when to go, and they gotta eat at this time. They gotta mm-hmm. sit down. No activity. These know this, know that, and um, I try to be that that teacher for my students. I don't know if I told you I teach high schoolers part time um, mm-hmm. at Harlem Children's Zone. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what I realize is that they have things so structured to where it's almost like, can they really get as creative as they should be getting? You know? Right. Because I even think back to when I was in middle school and. Um, some of my best friends, you know what I'm saying, um, my best guy friends would do things like scribble on the desk or on their um, notebook. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, the teacher would be like, that's vandalization, that's this, that, school property. Instead of being <laughs> like, this boy need an art class. Right. Like, I, me, the way I'm thinking, like, I would be like. Like, y'all policing them. Yeah. Like, opposed to, like, expanding it on, like, the creativity. Stop policing like, the culture. Like. Exactly. I was reading a book, too. It's called On Your Glows by Nathan Thomas. Mm. Nathan Thomas. And she was talking about how much, like, doodling and how even as adults we have to do something else they told us mm-hmm. not to do as a kid like it's okay mm-hmm. to daydream yes it's okay to daydream like it's okay for you to doodle it's okay for you to be talk to yourself like all mm-hmm. these different things that they was like always like something was wrong with you like it's nothing wrong with talking to yourself and talking to yourself out loud you can think i'm crazy out loud. that's I want a to. sign of intelligence I can, I can speak to mm-hmm. myself and, and like express my thoughts and take them out of my head exactly which is something that a lot of creatives like absolutely like need to do on a Regular basis, but I, mm-hmm. I, mean, I was talking to myself the whole time I was walking. Like, yeah, walking through the airport. And I, was like, <laughs> I do it in the house, girl. <laughs> just know. be talking. Like, that's how it I happens. <laughs> what are your thoughts and like views on like black designers in the fashion industry? Um, mm-hmm. The ones that's trying to break through, but also the ones that are already in positions. Do you feel like they are pushing the culture forward, or do you feel like 
some of them is stagnant is it something you feel like do it better than others yeah <laughs> I think man this topic right <laughs> it's <laughs> so topic. problematic yo I'm like, it's a good topic no it's a great topic um and it needs to be talked about more mm-hmm. What I'm noticing, honestly, is that there are a lot of designers out there that are trying to push narratives and they're trying to get into spaces and do things, Mm -hmm. but the spotlight is on the ones that aren't. And those are the ones who are getting those positions and getting in a room and being scared to open their mouth and say things. I think I just posted that. Yes. Probably the same. And I probably saw that from there and it's stuck in my my brain. Yeah, I posted. uh, Yeah. Like that we, we... we too nervous or we just Once so we, that we yeah. got to the table that it's just like do I really want to shake the shit and up and we're not saying that. you're not saying that but it's like yeah. if you don't who will yeah you just you accepting what they serving you and it's just yep. like no fuck that flip the table over yep. like you know I'm like that yeah that's why I, been, that's why I worked at 10 places I ain't got fired and quit <laughs> <laughs> hello cause my ass be talking shit all day long you I know? be talking shit and I do not let I'm nothing fly you. like I'ma yeah. read you bro. I had mm-hmm. to read somebody last week telling me uh <laughs> What she said, and this had nothing to do with work at all, but just the fact that she thought she could open up her mouth and say something. She said something about how she didn't know if this new hair color worked with my skin tone, and she was Asian. You better what? get your ass out my face real quick because the you, agency she thought she had to say that is like I crazy. Was like, mm. And then I, when I shut her, and I shut her down real mm-hmm. quick, I, and I got real black on her. I was like, oh, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I look good. Is you crazy? Is you crazy? I, said, I said you a whole lot. Like, I got real ghetto on her. She's like, I was just giving you my mm. opinion. Did I ask you for your opinion? But then gonna go home and look in the mirror and envision herself with the same type of situation happening. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we the biggest inspiration. Right. So. I don't know. So, like, cut the shit. With your skin tone. Yeah. Mm, lost your goddamn mind. Right, Who you talking right, to? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was too funny. But, yeah, I mean, I think in my opinion, it's, it's that. That's a lot mm. of what's happening. And I'm just like... It's, it's obvious that that's what's happening because we're still seeing firsts in 2019. Mm-hmm. It's like we should not still be seeing so many firsts that's happening when we it should. comes to the fashion industry, it comes to any art industry. And then at the same time, I also think something kind of needs to happen where I'm just waiting for this thing to happen where everybody understands that like it's, it starts with you. Right. It's like everybody always waits for a leader or a messiah to come save them and do things where it's just like get up off your ass and do whatever you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And also stop stop asking for approval. Right. Like just do and be and do what you're going to do with your art. You know what I'm saying? I'm like if all we're going to constantly do, yeah, I get funding is important. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. oh, you want to go to this company. You want to get into this job field. You want to learn these skills. Learn the skills. Take them shits and start your own Facts. thing for us. You know what I'm saying? And I, t- and I, I feel yeah. like I say that so much. I was like, some of y'all need to go work for another company for like a week. You don't, because like, it don't yes. really take a long time for you to absorb a lot of information right. either. Like, oh. I went and worked for a company girl for two to three weeks. I've so interned like, and picked it up. Out, yeah. done. Like, I don't need that much time mm-hmm. to figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. once I got it, I got it. Like, I think I interned. I just interned at Cynthia Raleigh, girl. Yeah. For a week. Yes. And I figured out that whole little production process, and I was out the door. I was like, I'm not going to be coming in. Right. First of all, I ain't doing no internship. Why well, ain't getting paid anyway? I'm in New York. I got real Oh, they would try deals. to tell you that's a real thing, right. too. Like, I ain't nah. never had to do that. Like, I did internships in undergrad, but this was, like, for my master's. And I'm like, oh, okay. yeah. I was just like, that's you a must different. be crazy <laughs> as hell if you think I'm not finna get paid. So I went in there, and I did it, and I absorbed a whole bunch of information in mm-hmm. one week, girl, and I was out. They wouldn't even pay yeah. for my transportation. Wow. And I was like, oh, y'all really lost y'all mind now. I got to pay New York is like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they like, oh, if you want it, you'll figure it out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's the kind of attitude they got when it comes to stuff like that. So so I want to actually, what you think about this? So I posted mm-hmm. up, um, InStyle Magazine put up a article about the 22 fashion brands designed by black men and women, mm-hmm. you know, for you to like look into. Mm-hmm. So I tagged all of them in it, right? Right. So one of the uh, comments that I got was very interesting to me. And the mm-hmm. guy said, some of these brands shouldn't be on here because their designer is black. The company and brand all over it is it as it is 
a white majority owned and also predominantly white hire, just a black face mm. to it, i.e. off-white. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know that, you know, I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I was like, was like I, but that's still an alkylate, the fact that it is a black face, yeah. you know, in the forefront and yeah. then like the rest of the company is probably white. Like? But then I'm like, is it? Like and I had and I didn't mm. really know and I was just when it's I responded to it I'm like I still want to acknowledge the, you know the, the, the designers that, that are designer, yeah. you know of that brand but it's still like huh what they doing here right what are they trying to do what, right like, what's happening and I was just like I didn't I didn't know what to think of it so I wanted to ask somebody else's opinion I mean <clears throat> he has I mean the commenter has a point when you really think about it because mm. it's like it's a black owned brand but it's not. Is it black? I don't know. He's just a creative director, and okay. he's black. But he said everybody else is white. Okay, so then that's definitely not a black-owned brand. I mean, the concept and it's... That's what he said. They don't need to be on here. And yeah. I was like, oh. Okay, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there's anyway. more that you do. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that list. It <laughs> was good. Me. Yeah, because I checked it out, too. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I'm thinking about that now, and I'm just like, he has a point. Because it's like, if you're considering yourself a owner or a designer of this company, this brand, and it's yours, and you're saying it's yours, I mean, is is it really yours if you don't have agency and, like, the, I want to say, like, the ability to just kind of hire and fire as you please? Right. Because... I think that, yeah. I think that guy that is a creative director for Balmain, I think he's black, too. Yeah. We know um, nobody in there. Yeah. He might yeah. be the only black one. The only one. And I'm just like, <laughs> when I see stuff like that, it just makes me go, hmm. Interesting, right? Things that that's why I was go, like, hmm. yeah, that, that's what made me go. Home. I was like, <laughs> but you know what? It's always, it's always a bigger hand at play with this stuff, though, man. I'm telling you, it's just like people get where they're going, and it's like you got somebody in their ear that's like, kind of, oh, I help put you on, blah, blah blah. Like, just do me this favor of putting this person here and that person there, and I have a greater idea for this. And it's like a lot of times, puppet, puppet master. That's what I was thinking too. I was you like, know? they're in the sucking place, girl. That's what I'm saying. What movie is that? Get out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's that's exactly what I my uh -huh. immediately went to after I saw that comment mm -hmm. because I didn't even think about that at all. I was like, well, shit. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's like you just You're not right. go hand out these opportunities. Mm -hmm. And my thing is a lot of black people always try to make it seem like it's so far-fetched to only hire black people. And I'm like, first of all, these white-owned companies, these major brands and foreign companies, whatever, mm -hmm. nepotism is like one of the first words they learn. Right. Like they always go hand it out to somebody that look like them before Thanks. they hand it out to somebody that look like me and you. Thanks. So at the end of the day, it's like, what is this guilt we always have? We only looking within our own communities yep. what is that why we yep. always got to include everybody else and it's not just us doing things for us like exactly. i feel like that is a huge problem and i think i don't know why that i i don't get that i when i i got my first manager job when mm -hmm. i was 23 and they no it wasn't my first manager job it was a little bit i was a little bit behind that like, but i got my first store mm -hmm. and they were opening up a store in a predominantly black neighborhood mm. and i was from this neighborhood and this store chain is called akira chicago they have mm -hmm. 17 plus stores wow. so they gave. They told me I was gonna. I was gonna get the store, mm -hmm. and then I would need to start hiring my team. So I started yeah. hiring as I was working at another location, like still in manager training. Mm -hmm. And of course, I hired black staff because this is the first store that you guys have yeah. in a black community. Yeah. Every other store was like in white neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. They had all white people. And you have a token black person here and there. And like you know, I go is to, this for me? Yeah. Oh, thank I go you. to one of the manager <laughs> meetings. And like I used to go to the manager meetings before mm -hmm. I got the store, and it was only like two of us black girls, and one of them she just. I hope. I'm gonna do. She watched this. 
<laughs> I just have out your mouth now. <laughs> I was just like, she wasn't really that black. Yeah, like she was just almost not yeah, quite. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh no, she might. I don't give a damn, girl. You know you, you. you know, mm-hmm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's okay though. I still love you, even if you're watching. Oh, it's Facebook. <laughs> but when I went and was talking to the district manager mm-hmm. after I had already done it, she mm-hmm. was just like, you need to hire a white girl. She told me. And she's like, you need, she need somebody to balance out the team. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, because I hired a black girl because we hired, like, stylists. Like, mm-hmm. you had to have, like, a certain edge because it wasn't like, they would not let them have, like, the customers hold clothes in the store. And mm-hmm. if a customer picked that one thing, it was your job to find three other things that either looked like it or they would go with it. It was, like back real, Nordstrom it was like real aggressive selling. <laughs> like it real, like we're not mm-hmm. salespeople, we are stylists. Yes. And we're gonna put your yes. together. So I had like the the rock black girl. Then yeah. I had like the real like bougie black girl. So I was like, oh, I, I had it. somebody to cater to each Cause other. Cause we're so diverse. We're so diverse. <laughs> so I had a black girl. Of course I had like the gay black dude. Like mm-hmm. I had them all. So mm-hmm. I had it strategically in my mind is like, yes. I got somebody who like that rocker look. I got somebody who does like more right. like angelic. Like, and I had somebody for each type of girl yeah. that I knew would come in that store. Yes. And I was like, ain't no white girls coming in here. <laughs> and the white girls that do come in here, if they're from here in this area, mm-hmm. they is going to, fall into one of these categories. Yeah. So in my mind, it makes sense. I'm like, well, why do I need that? You knew the um the demographic. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah. I know the demographic or whatever, but the owners, they did not think for nothing that the store was going to make no money. That's crazy. They was just like, what the hell did we do? We signed this lease. Like, they was like super nervous at first. Mm-hmm. Now all the owners are Asian. So, and then all the district managers were white. Yeah. So then you got me, this black girl uh, who just came through the door. They didn't gave me a doggone store and I didn't hire the whole black staff. <laughs> all the cashiers was black. All the stock people was yes. black. <laughs> Everybody was like either from the neighborhood yes. or I knew them previously or something mm-hmm. like that. But I did hire people that I knew. But yes. I work in the fashion where I went to fashion school, so I know a lot of people who's already mm-hmm. good at styling mm-hmm. who are styling. So okay. it just made fucking sense for you me. Knew, like, yeah. It made perfect sense to me. And girl, we was number one in the company for wow. seven months straight. And they could not stand my black ass at their management meetings. At that point, I was, it was like I was talking mm-mm. so much shit. It's like <laughs> I had one time I got like I made a t-shirt for mm-hmm. one of the manager meetings. They said HPD number one. Like can't stop, won't stop, right? So I walked in the manager meeting like like, I was just like, take that, take yeah, that. Yeah, take that, take that, take that. And the owners were just so happy. And I'm like, but that's what y'all get, but like, I know what I'm doing. Right. Like, and the, the one thing I did, like, they gave us like that freedom to like do whatever we wanted to do. If I needed mm-hmm. to run, if it was a Monday or Tuesday, yeah. and I wasn't going to make the sales yeah. go, girl, the liquor store right next door to us, I would go there, get drinks and stuff like that. Be like, oh, it's 50% off. But mm-hmm. they would let us uh, negotiate to so, like, well, you could do whatever you want as long as you made your story. sales go. Yep. Right. As long as you made your sales go Aggressive. and you hit all your sales go and you didn't go over your hours allocated, you had to send somebody mm-hmm. home. And do something you want to throw a party in the store if you want to throw up a promotion we had our own Instagram page like yes. we had a Hyde Park Instagram yes. account. like everything was separate I'm like That's so I, I can't be playing with y'all over here yeah like, that reminds like, me so much of Nordstrom. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it and I was so happy and I was just like, don't ever doubt me. Like I know what I'm doing. Hell like and yeah. I, but I was yeah, I was and I was the youngest one too. Mm-hmm. I was twenty two. Like I was fresh out you of You was hungry. I was hungry. And I I, w- <laughs> I remember one time I went like when the store first opened, we opened on Black Friday too, girl. And we mm. had one damn register. That's how much they didn't believe in us. But they damn, gave us one they fucking did register like that? on Black Friday <clears throat> and the line was out the door. We was busy nonstop That's the crazy. whole day. And I'm like, can I get my other registers now? Yes, <laughs> like, let's go. 
That's deep. And it came, and I was like, and I was just so happy. And I'm like, you see, don't, 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 don't do that. Because we had this. Don't, under, don't, don't underestimate, underestimate me. Like, yes. don't underestimate me. I know what I'm doing. I know. And I and we killed that shit. All of us. <laughs> I mean, the doubt only comes in when somebody who's, like, kind of looking at you, like, mm, I don't know yeah. if you can do this. I don't know. You don't really look like me. You don't really have the same mm-hmm. experience as me. But it's like, like baby girl, I'm self-taught. And I'm still going to do it. At, at the end of the day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, they they get so nervous when all of us are in the space together because they know what we're capable and of. And we play rap. Exactly. Girl, we was in there playing you Future. You in there really Future just... Drake. Like, <laughs> I only play. I had we had Future Pandora. We had Drake Pandora. We had Beyond. Like the music. I only played black music in there. They all. It, it, I had it. Loud, it was loud as shit. Yeah. So like, come in there. It felt like a club. They're like, what the fuck is going on in here? <laughs> so they come just, in and just I be knew, like, but I knew what I was doing. Like it mm-hmm. made perfect sense to me. Like I knew exactly course, what I was yeah. doing and. Um, we weren't too far from like your local neighborhood strip club, mm-hmm. and it was like a thing on like Monday and Tuesday night that people would go to the strip club. It's a culture. The girls come in looking for their Jeffrey Candy yes. shoes, they yes. leggings, they crop tops, and we were selling the shit out of those. So mm-hmm. I was going to pull from other stores. Like if they wasn't selling the leggings, and we yep. just couldn't, we could not keep them in stock. Mm-hmm. We could not keep them in. I used to go to other stores, okay. and I would ask my grandma, "Can I borrow her car?" Because I wasn't even driving. Wow. I would move around the corner from the store so that I would be close. And I'm like, Granny, I need to go to the north side. I need to go to Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I need to move around and get all this stuff because I know they ain't selling it. Cause I can mm-hmm. check. I can see your sales. <laughs> Look at everybody. You see yeah, you see the numbers. That's I can see right. everybody's numbers mm-hmm. in the store. And I would mm-hmm. take it. I was like, Granny, I need to see your car. I'm about to go. And I'm about to pull. So I'm about to make sure my store is completely stocked so I can keep my numbers. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. also like very like proactive too. Right. Everybody could stand my ass. <laughs> They couldn't stand me. That's they like right. this little black bitch here. That's right. Get her out of here. When is she done? Yes, I don't care. Yeah, that's how they do it. What us. like what designers do you admire in the industry? Like what? Who do you like? Like if you had to, like you know what? I, I like them. I mess with them real hard. I love everything that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I look more at sort of like the longevity mm-hmm. and then the hunger. Um, so some of the women I admire in the industry, um, April Walker. I don't know if you're familiar with April Walker. April Walker. Um, she's so. Walk Aware brand. I think that was like bigger a lot in like the nineties, that kind of thing. Walk Aware um, brand. Mm-hmm. She had like kind of yeah. dressed like Biggie and all of them at some point. It's like a I couple do of them. Know who yeah. You're talking about. And okay. I think she also had a hand in Triple Five Soul. That was like something that was big. I think in like the two thousands. Mm-hmm. But as a woman, I just admire her business mind, um, her entrepreneurship, just her hunger and her drive. Mm-hmm. Um, Fee Noel, I think she just finished I up. I love the, her. Yeah, her like stuff her. is amazing. So dope. This she, Michelle Obama just wore an orange thing, right? Yeah. I was like, you better sleep. Yes, sis. yes. I was like, I love this. <laughs> I think she changed the name of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, girl, that's exactly. I, I showed a comment on that. Should we change the name of this top? I'm like, yep, change it to the yes. Michelle top. Yes, the Michelle top. <laughs> give it to Michelle her. top. Just give it to her. But I love that too. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's so many other designers out there that I'm just kind of like getting more and more familiar with. And it's mm-hmm. just getting me excited. Um, I know there's another designer. I think she's a lingerie designer because at some point I think I want to do a lingerie line. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just, mm-hmm. I'm always thinking in terms of that. And I just have inspiration. And I'm just like always looking at us and what we're doing because there's so many of us out so there, dope. but the eye isn't on us. You know what I mean? So people don't even know we exist. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? So it's one of the girls in the yeah. room as she's doing lingerie line too. Yeah. Yep. yep. I gotta I'm look helping her with it. Yeah. I'm helping her That's with dope. it too. Like some of the patterns and stuff yeah. like that. But she's doing one too. And she's been working on it for a while. She went to design yeah. school with me um, in Chicago. Yeah. She moved out here and stuff, and she's okay. working on it. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of swimwear people in that group, too. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot a lot of swimwear. Of swimwear. <laughs> I did, actually, I did one uh, swimwear thing. I did, like, a collaboration mm-hmm. with um, Tiana, Biggie's daughter. Oh, for nice. her, her Yeah, her boutique, Notorious. Mm-hmm. Um, she reached out to me, and we did sort of, like, a brief 
I think it was just like a quick sort of like um, limited time only offer where it was like 15 swimsuits. Gotcha. Um, and the concept was so cute. Oh my gosh. And they sold like crazy. And I just remember thinking in my mind, like, this is my first time doing swimsuits. Like, this mm-hmm. is crazy. Like, and then for it to be that, I was just so sort of like, every time I try to do things, I try to push myself. So mm-hmm. I'm just always looking for that next thing. And I'm just like, I could do this. Well, maybe I can't. I don't know. Let's see. You gotta like, <laughs> I was supposed to do a fashion show in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was busy and waited till the last minute. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to do a vacation line. Mm-hmm. And I did swimwear. Mm-hmm. And I did a, a piece of lingerie to match each piece of Ooh. swimwear. So I'm like, they be on the beach all day. Yes. And I get their swimsuit. And then at nighttime, they could be turned up with bay like, in their mm-hmm. lingerie in their mm-hmm. room. And I did that collective girl, no lie. Like three days, like I just put out a little looks together. Yo, and it we can do anything. <laughs> when when it's down to the wine, like yo, yo my name's already on the fly. I came from out of this. <laughs> that contract, the ink is dry. It's done. You're gonna have to go ahead and sew, girl. We're sewing all day. Had the sewing machine all with us be sore. backstage. <laughs> backstage at the sewing machine, like. Listen, Wait, am I going? Is my we last right? Listen, okay, right, right. That's no right, time. Right. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was sitting in that chair so long. Half of this cheek is numb. You mm-hmm. gotta get up and switch in position, and right. people don't really understand. <laughs> I think the labor that goes into that type of work, and that's why mm-hmm. I really admire. Um, because you you know that there's now there's designers who are just designers and they don't sew. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like wow. Yeah, learn your craft. Wow, I get some. I get. <laughs> Some of them, because they see it more for, like, the money, financial yeah. side. But for me, like, especially, like, that's, my, but that is my clientele. That's how I started the business. <laughs> that is my clientele. That makes sense. That's yeah. my clientele, though, like, because they have an idea, but, like, they don't know how to mm-hmm. sew. So mm-hmm. I'm all here for it. But yeah. I educate in the same process. That's like, good. I am a consultant, but I'm also a mentor. And I'm, like, I'm not going to always be mm-hmm. the one doing this for you. So when you go and you start working with manufacturers, yeah. you're going to need to know the difference between, like, a flat fail seam and, like, a French seam. Or, mm-hmm. like, if you want a narrow road him, or if you want, like, a cross stitch. And this is, like, they you do have to educate yourself. And yes. you do have to learn certain things. So I'm always it's just like I'm, I'm teaching the whole time yes. like the whole time I've consulted I'm teaching and I'm, they're starting to recognize it and mm-hmm. I can tell like from the people that I work with where their vocabulary was when we first started yeah. and what they recognize and what they don't and what they do yeah. know now so I'm just like they that's so dope. They get in I love there. that. I <laughs> like love they get that. In there. You're teaching. I'm yes. teaching. That's my form of teaching, girl. Because yes. I, I apply for fashion <clears throat> industries. I apply for FYT. Yeah. My prices don't like want to hire me. So Mm. I teach y'all my We're going to talk about that offline. Yeah. I got some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to pop right on in and just start our own school. <laughs> okay, like, I got some ideas. <laughs> I got some ideas. We're going to start our own school since y'all want to give me no teacher job. That's exactly That it. is fine. What they say, I got this meme. I love it. It's, um... If they won't let you play, go buy your own court. Oh, go buy your own ball and build your own court. Bam. That's it right there. Yep. That's how I look at it. So, you know. That's a fact. So, I just got a few more. I just want to know, like, what your goals are, like, for your brand and that program. And, like, will you just, like, see it going? And if, mm-hmm. for you, you're going to stick with, like, doing, like, custom or you're going to, like, shift all the way into collection? Yeah. Um, I love custom. And as much as I do, I also know that um, I'm going to eventually have to shift into collection mm-hmm. and shift into sort of manufacturing on a larger scale and Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that I mean it took me a while to be okay with that because you know when you started off as just like oh I want this to just be one of one and a creation where I can but at the same time it's like when enough people love it I mean give it to them in different colors give it to them in different pattern cuts whatever why not you know what I mean like grow like grow the brand growth is okay it's it's healthy it's positive it's a good thing so I've kind of stepped outside of that now and I'm like all right well I know for a fact I'm gonna transition to that but at the same time I'm gonna allow clients to book, you know, very expensive, uh, you know, appointments with me to do yeah, custom. Of course. <laughs> but you should, because I know, and then, but you could do it on that wider scale too, because I know, yeah. like, but it's way, it's, it should be way more expensive than what we're charging. 
I had this conversation. It should be way more. Oh because like, my like, god, I'm so Christian glad you Siriano, said that. Christian Siriano, mm-hmm, he got mm-hmm, a collection mm-hmm. all the other stuff. He made that dress for Cardi B for that diamond ball mm-hmm. yesterday. That's that dress was ten grand. Like, come on, <laughs> we're not charging enough. I think that. Now the girls like, cause I've been I've been bringing some of them on the podcast, mm-hmm. and we've been talking. We talked about actually last episode was all about custom clothing, yeah. And we were talking about pricing and how we strategize and stuff like that. And one of the girls said she realized after talking to me that she was charging. So I'm like, girl, you're charging too low. Like that's yeah. just that's a, you got to charge oh for gosh, everything. Yes. And she brought up this point. She said that some it was something that Picasso did. Like he was doodling on a napkin or something mm-hmm. like that. And then he was about to throw the napkin away and the lady asked him, could she have it? And he said, no, you can have it for, I think he said some crazy amount of money. Yeah. Like, you can have it for $20,000. And then she's like, wow, well you just did that in five minutes. But I didn't learn how to sew in five minutes. I didn't learn how to pattern make in five minutes. I got freaking student loans out the what, out the ass. The fact that I can Come make on. a dress in an hour is because it took me a long time to get that. Yes. I didn't wake up one day and be able to yes. make a dress in one day. So we are always priced. We don't price them based off of just like the mm-hmm. time it takes to do something. But this is a skill set mm-hmm. that I had to learn, whether mm-hmm. I had to perfect it myself or whether I had to pay to learn how to do it. So why would I be giving it to you for nothing? This is my because return on investment. Just because I could do it quickly. Yes. yes, I could do a lot of stuff quickly. Yes. I could do a whole collection in a night. But it, okay. That don't mean nothing. Okay. <laughs> So I was just like, I agree. Come on, Picasso. Yes, that's real. And <laughs> that's I, real though. Like I, I remember saying the same thing, and I kind of just when people come to me, I'm just always I'm. I asked the what's your budget question. You said what? Don't ask somebody what they budget is. Oh my gosh, I learned to stop doing that so quick because I'm don't like people yet. will be like ten dollars. Like yep. listen, yep. <laughs> and my thing is, I I would get so frustrated when I first first started because mm-hmm. I remember sitting there learning how to sew. Um, by hand, and you know what I mean. Frustrated and fingers <laughs> all poked up and bloody. My yep. back is sore, is cramping up. I'm like, I'm sitting in one position for hours doing a denim skirt, right? And I'm like, then I wear it, and it's like, oh, that's cute. I want one. I want one. I want one. But it's like, nobody saw what happened when to I was doing this. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, you just see this pretty finished product, mm-hmm. and at the same time, people don't care. Nope. But it's one of those things where it's like, you you need to care, and you and they can't <laughs> tell you nothing. One of the girls told us last week that uh. She one of her dresses had went viral or something mm-hmm. like that, and another girl reached out to her and was just like, "Yeah, um, I really want this dress. I'm willing to pay two hundred dollars for it. Not hi, how you doing? I love this dress. What's the price for it? I'm willing to pay two hundred dollars, oh and you'd be gosh. willing to go buy something off the rack too, because like, I ain't gonna make it for it. Sis, just go to Fashion Nova and leave me, please, leave me. Like, come I'm on, I'm willing now. to pay two hundred dollars for it. Like what? They talking about some preach diet. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's crazy. It's like we really just sit here and then it's one of those things where people don't care to the point where like, this is my dream. This is my passion, right? Right. And at first when I started, granted, no, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm just going to make me millions and billions of dollars. But once I realized that I have a rare talent here. Like, you don't have that many people out there that's sitting at a machine, going to the fabric store, sourcing fabric, cutting, grading. And you gotta have fabric knowledge too. Like you gotta know, cause you gotta know what's gonna work and what's not gonna mm. work. Because and then the ones that don't design, that's what they jack up at. Yeah. Some of the ones I've had, uh, I ain't gonna say her name. No, no, yeah. But she, she made a dress and 
it was a beaded dress. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was mesh beaded, and the line that she put in was some polyester bullshit. It was oh, too shit. heavy, and when you don't have fabric, now it's like, and I, I look right at it and I'm like, you should use a stretch silk. So mm-hmm. Boom, and, and, you just know. and I knew, you and just I knew, know. but I knew why the dress was so crooked. I'm like, mm-hmm. first of all, it's weighing it down, and then it the craftsmanship was just awful, and then mm-hmm. it had a plastic zipper in it too, girl. And I was just like, you don't put no zipper in no, like it was hanging. Mm-hmm. I was just like. Why would you do that? No. You know? No. And I'm like, it didn't Mm-mm. make any sense to me. Mm-mm. And I'm like, don't ever do that. Um, right. We got time remaining on the live, too. Like, live gives you a time. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think you could do it more than an hour. Okay. Oh. Oh, we're supposed to be at an hour anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Dio, we're going to wrap it up anyway. So you can tell the people where to reach you and how to get in contact with you. And then yes. we'll also put it in the show notes. But go ahead and just okay. throw out your plug in there. So, <laughs> just once again, my name is Mahdia. People call me Dia. Um... And, you know, my brand is Mathia LLC right now at the moment. Um, not sure about name change, but that's where I'm at with it right now. Um, you can reach me on Instagram at Mahdia.co. Um, that is my business page. I do have a personal page, but I'll lead you to business first. Uh, <laughs> and then I also um, am on Facebook. Um, and then I'm also online. I have a website where just, you know, a few simple shots of my portfolio, which I'm looking to update soon. But it's just um, Mahdia.co. So if you go to www.mahdia.co, you can see me there. Um, and I'm always posting on Instagram. Uh, I just released a sportswear line where I'm kind of still working out the kinks with that in terms of screen printing and getting things done because I'm always about learning how to do the actual thing that I need to do before I just go off and pay the next man to go do it. I do that too. I took screen printing. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually yeah, I'm about to do this workshop and get this out because I need to get these orders out so ASAP. Easy. Um, so I'm doing that, and then I'm looking to kind of, like, work on a few other things coming up. I'm not going to give y'all too much because the ink ain't dry yet. You know, you can't be, you know. But it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Just watch. All right. <laughs> so, you guys, this episode will actually be up on Wednesday, probably Tuesday night. And I hope you guys all enjoyed it. And uh, stay black. Peace out. Peace. <laughs> Masking is black. What you looking Masking. at? Yeah, feel so good masking. to be black. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to episode number 14 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Maybe a little bit long-winded today. I'm just going to pull that disclaimer out there. I just came off of a flight from Panama, so I am tired. I've been traveling for 12-plus hours. So today I have Daya with me. Um, I wanted to bring her on because she is a driving force in the fashion industry. She's a designer, a seamstress, an instructor. So I wanted to bring her in today and talk a little bit about like her journey, her goals, and her vision in fashion, and what she feels like some of the things that are missing in fashion. And we're going to jump right in. Well, first, let's just do a little icebreaker. So I always like to do this thing where it's just like, this or that, and you have to like pick one or the other, okay? Right. So, um, pants or shorts? Pants. Skirts or dresses? Dresses. Uh, V-necks or crew necks? Crew necks. Side boob or under boob? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Side boob. Side boob, yeah. okay. All right, <laughs> just to make sure I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump right in. Um, I want to start off by, like, discussing, like, a little bit about your background, how you got started in fashion. Like, are you self-taught? Um, were you school style? Um, did a grandmother teach you, like, a lot of us out there? So I just want to go over, like, a little bit of your background. Okay. Well, <clears throat> actually, a little bit of both with the self-taught and somebody else teaching me. I actually saw my mom, um, like, him and my brother's pants, I think, at the age of, like, 11 or 10. And then after that, I kind of was like, oh, that looks easy enough for me to do, like, the whole in and out method. Um, 
And then I actually kind of started to do things like make my dolls clothes out of like stockings and like scraps of things and like gotcha. um, things of that nature. And then from there, I kind of just decided like, okay, I think I want to take this a little more serious, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of mostly the start of the interest into fashion, I guess you could say. Um, and then I had a subscription to L Girl magazine. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that one. I feel like I'm telling my age. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I had a subscription, a subscription to them. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of made it a point to just start to mock what I saw on TV so I'm like oh I'm gonna make my own mood board I'm gonna create a portfolio using like a photo album where you literally peel open the plastic and like stick the pictures oh, there oh wow yeah. Oh, yeah I ain't seen one of those in a long time that's real old school <laughs> that's super old school okay my age. but no so that's kind of where it started um mm -hmm. and then I mean unfortunately I kind of hit a wall when I was I think about like 12, 13, I kind of came to my mom and I was like, we need to have a serious talk. And she's like, about what? I'm like, I want to pursue fashion in school. And she was like, you're not doing that. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Yep. So. <laughs> How did she get that. over it? I mean, honestly, I, I think now she's over it, but mm -hmm. I ended up taking her word for it. So I went to school and I actually pursued a degree in um, English. Oh, but okay. while I was in school, I was still doing things. I was still creating clothing. I was still having these ideas, constantly thinking about fashion. It was just something I couldn't stop thinking about, like 24 seven, that's what was on my mind. Gotcha. So I had friends coming to me like, oh, you want to make my outfit for blah, blah, blah. And I would be like, yeah, sure, whatever, like, you know. Or like um, some of my guy friends in school would be like, yo, I ripped my pants or I need to hem them mm -hmm. for this meeting we got. And I'm like, I got you. People so People stay just coming like, to you for yeah, stuff like that. Exactly. And I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I never was like one of those people like, don't ask me to tailor nothing for you. Like when you break something, it's probably because it doesn't fit. And you and want it, me to make it fit. And you want me to make it fit. Like I cannot stand that. That annoys the heck out mm -hmm. of me. And it happens so often. Oh yeah. Because people think you got magic fingers. You could just make anything You can just work. do anything. Yeah. And they really think that you can like actually fit them into something mm -hmm. that it just don't even work. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no y'all, more fabric is usually what you want. When you got right. less fabric, you ask or, me to make miracle happen. I've had people have me make panels in there. Like, oh, can you create like a panel for me? And I'm like, y'all doing a lot right now. That's too much for me. No. But yeah, that was that was kind of how I started it out. Mm -hmm. And then the more I kind of went along with it, I was like, all right, you know, at this point, maybe it's too late. I'm already in school, going through undergrad, um, graduated. Mm -hmm. And then I think, I mean, I went into the public relations field. Mm -hmm. So I did that for about two and a half, three years. Um, I was miserable. It was oh. a desk job. And I would think that public yes. relations was a lot more interesting and it would give you like certain skills that you need to like make your brand even like more popping, but you didn't like it at all. No, I mean, so positives and negatives for sure, what you said. It was mm -hmm. definitely that. I mean, I picked up on that. I always, always had like the gift of gab, mm -hmm. but I think that public relations helped me to tailor it a little bit more and make things marketable, know how to sell things, know how to talk to people, um, move in different rooms. So I was definitely grateful for that opportunity. But I think the company culture, like both places I ended up working was very toxic. And that's kind of okay. what made me be like, yo, I don't want to do this no more. Yeah, you I know? could never work in a toxic environment. Oh. I quit a job in a minute. Yeah. I, am, I am queen. <laughs> I am queen quit a job. Queen okay. quit the job. I am queen quit the job because I found something else real quick. Mm -hmm. In the same field, you know. Yes. I, I've been a New York girl, what, five years? Mm. I probably worked for like 10 companies. Wow. Or more than that. Because I'm just like. Oh, yeah, nah, I'm not doing this. I we thought I to play these games. She said 10, ten, ten, 10 plus, girl? Yes. Since I've been here? Yeah, I've worked for a <laughs> lot of companies because I'm not going to mess around. Like, yeah. I don't, I, if I got to be here 30, not 30, 40 plus hours yeah. a week, it has to be something that I like, something that I'm going to enjoy. And a lot okay. of times it's the people who can, like, really mess it up. You might mm -hmm. actually really enjoy what you're doing. And then the people around you, and I'm like, you know what? 
I can't be in this type Definitely. of environment. I can't be around this type of energy like on a daily mm-hmm. basis at all. Right, right. So what like um inspires you? Like how do you like incorporate like um your inspiration? Like how do you bring like your inspiration mm-hmm. to life like through your designs? I mean, I think a little bit of everything inspires me. I think like the art world for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it kind of just comes honestly naturally in my mind. I just see things that I want to create. Mm-hmm. Um, I might look at the certain shape of something. A lot of architecture inspires me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more than anything, definitely architecture. Me just looking at shapes and patterns and textures and like just even looking outside at certain buildings and like the structures of things. Uh, and then just pushing a narrative. I like to almost take unconventional things and sort of tailor them to the body in a way that you wouldn't expect or maybe kind of take this stripe and do this with it instead of that. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just try to go away from the expected. I just, it's, it's boring to me. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's always good to have you a few push classic the pieces. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I like to push the envelope. Um, my brother's a painter, so that's another, you know what I mean, avenue, that kind of thing. So it's just constant art. I'm always around, so I'm always inspired for sure. So what's your favorite, like your favorite genre of art? Like what's your favorite time period? I think now. I mean, it sounds cliche, but I like now because I feel like I can actually experience it and live in it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I kind of feel like... That's Lex. Is that Lex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like now is better because you know how we always have this hype about how we like love the 90s and we love the 80s. Absolutely. It's like we grew up in it. We didn't necessarily get to experience it in our adulthood. You know what I'm saying? Right. So getting to be a part of this movement and going and seeing these like local up and coming artists at all these exhibits and things like that. Mm-hmm. This is what I like. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm connecting with them. A lot of times they're there. I'm able to talk to them. Um, I can touch them. Like it's it's like in the present, the here and now. And right. I think that that's something that a lot of us don't do is live more in the here and now. You know. That's dope. And um. It's like if you would have went to like design, I don't know if they do in everywhere, but like where I went to design school, they made us take art history one and we had to take art history two. So they made it go from we had to start in like the 1800s and Mm -hmm. they came all the way up to current. Manual, they skipped over black art. I'm just gonna throw that out there because they definitely did. Okay, am I even surprised? Yeah, they skipped it. was like, and we they had us, and when I tell you, I failed the first time, girl. Like, I wasn't even paying attention in that study hall because I'm like, this shit is boring. Like, it was like so damn boring. I'm like, I can't. Paint. It was like watching paint dry. And, and the class was four hours long in the lecture hall, and it was like super Ooh. dark in there. I used to be knocked out, yeah. like no lie. Yeah. I used to be asleep. Like That's a perfect atmosphere. When I ended up having to take it over, the teacher she was a little bit more interested, so okay. she had us doing like like um, actually getting involved. Like so, whatever it was, we had to create it. So we was studying yeah. like the Japanese art. We would have to do like these Japanese summer ink paintings, and she mm. made us do them like on rice paper. Oh, and then dope. we did a um, like a series like on like uh, egg tapora paintings, and mm-hmm. like like created like paint like from egg and stuff like. That. So that wow. stuff kept it interesting, but those time periods that we were talking about, if it wasn't dry. that or like our nouveau, I was just like, I don't care about yeah. none of this. And it's dry. Yeah, but it, they also made us always go to the museum. Like we had to, it's an art institute yeah. in Chicago, and we had to go. I think I was in art institute every week, <laughs> you every week, looking at the yeah. same paintings, and I'm like, I'm so tired looking at this. It's uh. like the art teachers. The design teachers, they was like, go to the art institute, go to the art institute. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm so tired of going to the art institute. I don't want to go to the art institute no more. And I love art, but Same. they it wasn't they wasn't changing it enough for me to have to go oh, yeah. that often. And yeah. coincidentally, it was like right across the street from the school. It was really close to the school too. <laughs> It wasn't and no trip for you. He was just like, listen. I was like, I'm t- I, I can go. To, can we go to the field museum? Right. Like, can we do something else? Trip. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like um, black art. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've started, and I love it, like, from, like, the Harlem 19, like, mm-hmm. the Harlem Renaissance, like, all that, like, mm-hmm. uh, art. I think Claude McKay was doing was in that time, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, the type of art okay. and stuff like that. I think that, like, that we really need to, like, push into the culture, I guess. Like, yeah. I feel like we don't know enough about our history. Like, people do 
Like, mm-hmm. I ain't even say they do. The current here and now, I think a lot more people are starting to, like, go to exhibits right. and starting to look and, like, really starting to absorb it and stuff. But I just feel like y'all need to kind of go back just a little yeah. bit to the little black arts movement. To the basics. Yeah, go back to the basics uh-huh. and, like, really, really learn and start, like, inco- not, not saying you have to incorporate that, but if you look back at it, mm-hmm. you but see all that stuff, that architecture, yeah. those shapes, like those colors and stuff like that. And I love it because I love your work. And I, and I can oh, see you. how that comes through <laughs> in really? your designs. Oh, yeah, like, so yeah, the shapes and the colors like that. Like, I can see it all, like, in your designs. Because, you know, it was just like, you know, stalking your page. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, I got it. Like, I get it. Like, I see it all. Thank you. For sure. So I wanted to talk about the program that you started yeah. for. Come on now. Oh, yes. Come on I for the so youth, for the culture, <laughs> for the culture. So the how, did you, how did you come into teaching? Like, how did this uh, program start itself? Well, I have this belief that, like, you really can't say that a craft is yours until you're able to teach it to somebody. And then mm-hmm. I know you're probably familiar with the term where it's like, if you can explain something to, like, a five-year-old, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Then you really get the concept. You understand it. Like, anybody can talk in these big, huge one dollar, one dollar fifty cent words, you know what I mean? But it's like when you can break it down, break it down to a science where somebody completely out of your like scope of understanding gets it, then I feel like that's when it's like, all right, I could claim this as mine, you know. It's my craft. Yeah, it's my craft. Oh, you know? I and like, like that. <laughs> I'm teaching a seven year old right now. You just, go ahead. I'm like, you know? oh, and she got it. <laughs> and that's how I feel. And then I think for me too, um, I grew up in East Orange, New Jersey. Um mm-hmm. and at and at the time where I grew up out there. I mean, the area wasn't the greatest. There was a lot of gang violence going on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of friends getting caught up in things, that sort of thing. Um, definitely buried a couple friends, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think for me, growing up in that culture, it was very important to provide another option for students and children that age group. Because I remember, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, well, 9 to 14 is so young. And I'm like, is it young, though? Because right. if you really think back to the memories you have, from that age period. You I remember I mean? all of that. You remember quite yeah. a bit. And that's what I learned how to sew at that age. Exactly. Yep, absolutely. And so for me, it was like, my mom really didn't have it like that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was like our financial forecast wasn't everything. She was a single mom raising two kids in East Orange. You know what I'm saying? Basically right. in the hood at the time. And I think, she, I just admire her ability to kind of do the research and do find these programs that were free, send mm-hmm. us to these camps every summer to get us out the house. And you know what I'm saying? Because her favorite thing was like, idle time is the devil's time. Facts. So it was like, you're not going to be sitting up in the house not doing nothing. Like, you're going to be active. And she kind of saw um, from a young age that we had gifts. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was like, it's going to be her best bet to kind of like, just allow us to kind of cultivate those gifts. So it mostly comes from that. And um, I was just like, I already know how this goes. It's like a lot of time these kids get these programs and then in a blink of an eye, like, the government takes away the funding. You know what I'm saying? Happens and then often. You, yeah, you got the teachers trying to figure it out, scary to help them out, um, vice versa. So that was most important for me in that age group specifically, like I said, because I just remembered, like, so much that happened. From that time, yeah. Yes, and I feel like that's such a pivotal, like, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of where that started, and I just kind of took it from there and went, yeah. Has it taken, did it take you, like, a really long time to, like, get the program, like, up and running? Like, has it been, like, a... A trial, and well, I'm pretty sure it's been hard, but... <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> anytime you're dealing with, like, you know, uh, adults and, like, their children, that sort of thing, you're always mm-hmm. going to, like, meet a couple walls. But I'm always extremely um, flexible because I understand, you know what I mean? Again, I had that same mom. So it's like... Um, I, it, it honestly it took off faster than I could even imagine mm-hmm. and this was something I had been planning without realizing I was planning it because I wrote it down I write down my goals right, right? so I wrote this down but I, I didn't project teaching until I want to say 40s or 50s seriously I was like really? I want to know a lot I want to be very wise and like weathered or seasoned whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. so I really was like no I don't, I don't want to teach yet because I felt like I don't have enough 
to teach. You know what I'm saying? I get that. So it was like that. And, and then it just, the opportunity, it just kept calling to me. And then I just was like, hmm. And then initially the idea started out with me because I went to Hampton University. I graduated from Hampton. Nice. Uh, thank Go you. ahead, girl. <laughs> so um, the real HU, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, you got some Howard people in there. They're going to be they like, be all right. right. They're going to be Excuse right. you. We still love y'all. They like, you know, the little cousins. Yeah, like arch rivals. Yeah. <laughs> but so um, I graduated with quite a few people who went into like all these different amazing fields. And I'm like, man, if I could just uh, create this program where I could connect the children to mentors that are doing exactly what they want to do, that look exactly so like them, mm-hmm. then I can figure out how to do this. So I reached out to all my, um, a lot of like my uh, alumni from Hampton, right. and I was just kind of like, hey, would you be looking to sponsor, you know, a child to learn how to sew? And the reason I started off with saying sponsor was because I would have to rent space. I don't have like an office or studio space at the moment. Right. So I was like, I have to literally pay for that, and that's all you're paying for. Because at, at, I just honestly didn't want any type of um, monetary value from it because that's not why I was doing it you know what I mean like I really just wanted to give back honestly and so um they all agreed and I got a bunch of people to sign up and do it um yeah and then after like a couple you know sessions I realized okay maybe I could find somewhere free to do this so that it's free for everybody right that way it's just really just the engaging it's just the pure interest that everybody wants to do it Mm -hmm. and then I found out oh I could book free sessions at this library over here and I could do this over here so that's what I started doing um and now I just do appointment based with the parents like you know what I mean it's like okay I actually have, like, one student, she came to me, and she, uh, I think she did uh, admissions for, like, fashion high school or something like that. It's in fashion York. industry high school. Fashion industry yeah. high school. They have That's to have, right. a, uh, like, yeah. a whole portfolio yo, and other stuff to answer that. And I'm like, I'm like, you got to have a portfolio, <laughs> portfolio coming out of eighth grade? Like, like yo, they're not playing with them. They're not playing that. with them. And I just mm-hmm. think that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you expect from kids to have that? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't draw in eighth grade. Like, I didn't learn how to draw. Stick figures, yeah. Right, like, you learn how to draw. I couldn't draw. But she came either. to me, and her mom's like, "Yeah, she has to do admissions. She has to do that." And I'm like, "Wow!" And the week before that, I had actually met um, a really dope guy at Essence Street Style Festival, mm-hmm. which I just started kind of like chatting. This past one, yes. Oh, I was there. Were you there? Yes, we I was. Right into each other. Yeah, That's I'm crazy. like, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like. He came up to me and we just started chatting and he's like, so what do you do? And I kind of told him a little bit about what I did. And he was like, well, can I record one of the sessions? Like, you know, I want to put it on like my TV channel, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, let me just okay with the parent first. You know what I mean? But that would be dope. I spoke to her. She was like, yeah. And I was like, well, why don't she could use this for her admissions process? Because I'm pretty sure they would like that. Right. Like a little video. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Apart from the rest of them. We're going to get this application together. Like, you're going to get in there. Like, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, I actually worked with her, and then that was one of my like my most recent ones. And I took a pause from beat from it because something that spoke to me to kind of say, slow down on that um, until you figure out exactly the direction you wanted to go, and kind of can stop and create that five to ten year plan for it. And what gotcha. I'm thinking is that I kind of wanted to become a nonprofit organization. Yeah. So that's the and you know how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted, and that's what I was wanting to do. Uh, so when I met you, I was just like, that is exactly what yeah. I've been trying to do yeah. because I started out with like you know I tried, I put it in a group text at mm-hmm. first, and I was just mm-hmm. like, I want us to mentor like little girls yes. and help them sew and yeah. stuff like that. But it's so hard to get like people together, especially when it's like so many different entrepreneurs. They got mm-hmm. their own rip, their own goals, yes. they got their own schedule. They just got so much to do on their Be own, busy. and it's really hard to get them in there because right now I only have two girls. Like mm-hmm. I have someone that's uh, right in high school, and I have someone that's. And just even scheduling time just to like work with them is like difficult for me. But I wanted to be like a non for profit and um, like. You know, like the, the black girls, like little designer clothes. I so I have it. like high hopes for this. I do too. We could work together. We can. We will. Because yes. I really, really want this to happen. Like I yes. really want to be like like that giving back mm-hmm. too. And I want. Uh, I was doing some research like on the non for profit mm-hmm. stuff, but then today I'm like, oh, you trying to do the podcast, you're trying to. 
that's how I each other. This is like it's just so like, much yes. that I want to do, and that's so much I want to give mm-hmm. to the world. But it's just like just you know take it one day yeah. at a time, you know, you and yeah. collaborate and partner with people so that way you know you're not having to do everything by yeah, yourself and try I'm to like figure that. out yeah, yeah i'm like that too like i'm just like well i'm gonna do it then if nobody else wanna Yo, do it i'm, listen, I'm gonna take it on you i know? get up and get it done I, it's like something i always struggle with was honestly asking for help like mm-hmm. and i can admit that in the place i'm in now but right. like i'm just always a go-getter i don't i don't even think to ask i just get up and figure it out and i'm resourceful Same. I get things done, you know what I'm saying? saying? Like, I'm gonna get it done regardless. <laughs> okay. I think I put a meme up there like that, not the, on my page. Like, I'm gonna get it done regardless. A whole bunch of hundreds in the comments, like, yeah, exactly, right, right. Get it. Um, what is your favorite thing about like working with the youth? Uh, the youth to me is just like their minds are amazing. I think the limitlessness of their minds, because I feel like once you get to adulthood, you've kind of already been put into so many boxes and been scored against so many rubrics that it sort of starts to water you down. Like that natural flavor that you have when you first start everything, like when you first start your passion, the hunger that's there, like everything. Like when I tell you these children, they're trying to make it any which way, it's like they get to me and I'm like talking to them and I'm like, so what do you want to do with this? And they're just like chatting me up, chatting me up. And I look at the time, and I'm like, oh, we've been here two hours. And they're just like, well, anyway, so blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, <laughs> like they can talk. They're so they hungry. Can, yo, listen, and I love it. And it mm-hmm. just reminds you of that light that's there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I love it. And I don't want anybody to dim it or dull it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like that and the fact that children will always teach you. Like, you think that all you're doing is teaching them? No, they're teaching you right back. And that's kind of something I always appreciate about them. They offer new perspectives. Mm -hmm. And even, it it seems so simple what they say, Mm -hmm. but they don't understand the complexity. And it's like, you're trying to come up with an idea to do something. They're like, why don't you just do this? Because it's just so, like, whatever to them, you know? Right, true. Like, that nonchalantness, I love it. I'm just like, man, like, this is me. Yeah. (laughs) I I, uh, taught at the, have you heard of the Black Girls Soul Green Fashion Camp? No, what is that? Okay, it's actually around here. It's in Bed-Stuy. So they do it. It's a, like, young lady who does it. um, What is her name? I forgot. Mm. I can't think of her name right now. But Mm -hmm. they have an Instagram page. It's called the Black Girls Soul Green Camp. So it's done all through the summer. Mm -hmm. It's done, like, on a winter recess. It's Mm -hmm. done, like, every time the kids have a break, she has this program or whatever. And when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, my God, I would love to teach. I would love Mm -hmm. to teach or whatever, just, like, volunteer. Mm -hmm. So I finally got a chance to teach this summer. And I taught all day. Like mm-hmm. I taught, I got there at ten, girl. And I didn't leave till six, so mm-hmm. I, I was there all day. Mm-hmm. And I was teaching um, girl pattern making, mm-hmm. and those girls were from six to eleven. Wow, so difficult. Yes, pattern making is not an easy. <laughs> it was skill so to teach. difficult, but like I was really trying to get them to understand how like the body works, and they yeah. were really like they were surrounded because I had like uh, slopers on the table, so mm-hmm. I'm just like, what's this? And like, mm-hmm. oh, that, that's the neck. I'm like, well, what's this then? Yeah. And then they like they and once they start to really look at it, they're like, okay, that's the shoulder. Yeah, that's the arm. Like, and that's why I really mm-hmm. wanted them to understand. Like, so <laughs> I would ask them questions opposed to giving them the answer because I kept asking I like them. I, I catered it to each one of the girls, so I spent mm-hmm. little time with each one of them, and it was like ten of them girls a lot. Yeah. Yes. It was they wore me out, girl. <laughs> yes, but they all wanted to. They all wanted to make halter tops, and they all it was either halter top or they wanted to make crop tops. Crop tops. And then I'm like, is your mother's gonna let you guys wear these? That's always my question. Before we started making this mm-hmm. stuff, and they was just so. I mean, it was just so small, and I'm like trying to figure this out. I'm like, okay, so, but everybody wants to do the same thing. So I'm like, okay, well, where's your chest? Like, mm-hmm. if you was looking at this, where, where, where would this land? At? And it was, it was a really great experience. Like I had never it been on a so high cool. like that with just them all yes. being around me, and they was all. 
And it was funny. They was all natural, too. Yeah. So all of them had, like, little frogs. Yeah, that's so beautiful. <laughs> it was so cute. I was just like, and all the little girls, like, I couldn't. It was hard for me to tell somebody apart because like, they all looked the same. Like, all the little girls, I'm like, what not just helping you? Like, what do you need help with again? And then because the lady who did the program, it's something that she started because she has four mm-hmm. she has four kids. And she oh, has four wow, girls. Okay. It's something that she started. And mm. she self-taught. So when they were, like, on their sewing machines and they were sewing and stuff, I was almost about to have a panic attack, girl, because I'm like, no, 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 it wasn't even that. Oh. Just the, cause, because it's the way she had taught them, I was just like, she's like, girl, you know I'm self-taught, so I might not know like the proper way oh, of doing things. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, I don't think it's a proper way. It's just some things I'm just like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, they had the pins like going like this way instead through of that way. instead of that way and i was just yeah, like yeah, yeah. don't do that don't pin that way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like it, the sewing machine can go over the pins i'm like yeah it yeah, can go over the pins you just have to go you have to put them sideways mm-hmm. and they all was just like oh we thought, we thought like, but they was just so excited. I, and then they wanted to, and then after they made the crop tops, they was like, wanted to make matching skirts. Mm-hmm. I was like, girl, I can't be here for two days straight. Because <laughs> it was like, just going, it was going into the night time mm-hmm. and their parents come get them between like mm-hmm. 6.30 and 7. I'm like, this is, but yeah. it was an amazing experience. Yes. I never had it around. They was like, Miss Miss Lees, Miss Lees, yes. I was just like, Miss 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 all day long. I'm Ms. telling you, I loved every it's minute unmatched. of it. It's an unmatched high. It is, and mm-hmm. I never even knew. Like I always, I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be mm-hmm. a teacher when I was like six. Like oh. I always wanted to be a teacher, <laughs> and I've had, and I was gonna ask you that too. Like, mm-hmm. have you ever been, I guess, in a position where you just felt like? the teachers that you were with just did not give a fuck. Yeah. Like, All like didn't not, and I felt that a lot in design mm-hmm. school. And I'm just like, these oh. teachers don't give a, and I was the only black girl in a lot of my classes too. Yeah. So I was just like, they don't give a damn about me or, mm-hmm. have a, and I would ask questions and they wouldn't even want to answer them. They're like, wow. well, you can open up your book. And I'm like, you know how much tuition costs? My actual question, you, you, you should answer my question. Mm-hmm. And design is so hands on. Mm-hmm. Why would you tell me to open up my book to do something when you could just, give me the answer or right. just help me you don't even right. have to give me the answer but you can walk me around and mm-hmm. and I can find the answer myself it, yeah. and that's one thing I feel like with teachers like some of them come to New York mm-hmm. they don't make it mm-hmm. and they go back and they start teaching and stuff like that but they never had a passion for it in the first place Yeah, and you have to have a passion for Agreed. it I feel like if you don't if this was your backup plan mm-hmm. it's never gonna be something like Mm-mm. that you love like it has to be like your first plan yeah because i didn't have a couple teachers because i want to knock their ass clean across no, the room and i was just like mm-hmm. and i was grown so mm-hmm. i was just like girl who, who are you talking to <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm grown grown i'm grown grown I'm, I'm grown and i'm paying for tuition okay. so uh you don't respect this don't play with me <laughs> uh how can others like like volunteer and like mm-hmm. you know if you they wanted to like come together like with you and like figure this out how would they go about doing that so i mean i'm in the midst like i said of kind of getting things together paperwork wise with the program mm-hmm. but at the same time i think um like as it's just like when you're a creative and you're an entrepreneur like the ideas just keep coming and they don't yeah, stop absolutely and it's just like sometimes you got to catch it and tailor it and i think one of the ideas i've been having that's been coming to me is to kind of have a mentor come in during the sessions of mm-hmm. somebody that's kind of like a little more established or maybe just not even just established, but just like a woman in the industry who's doing her own thing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. even having you come in and speak to them about entrepreneurship, speak to them about manufacturing and this kind of third and your right. podcast, everything. Just so they can know it's not just linear. It's not just you at a machine with fabric, just sewing. Like you could do so many other things with these talents and these gifts. Thanks. So I'm thinking about kind of having it where on certain sessions they kind of come in and I'll have maybe three girls instead of just one girl because I'm doing one-on-one sessions right now. Gotcha. And then okay. at the three, it's like, all right, at the halfway mark, we take a pause and this person will come in and speak to you for a little bit. Okay. And then they're going to come in and talk to you and, like, kind of just, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, make it a little more interactive because 
I want it to become a community-based program, you know what I'm right. saying? And Absolutely. the greater vision I think I'm having for it, I mean, because I'm originally from East Orange, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and I'm out here doing it here, which, I mean, I, you doing, I'm loving you, it. Do you do it a lot in Harlem or you do it I'm in, in Brooklyn? Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. And I'm loving it, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I got to go back home. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? I need to give back That's where home. it started. Yep. And that's where the passions are. That's where everything is. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm trying to find my way back to doing that. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, let me perfect this and tell this over here so that when I go back home, I'm not giving y'all bullshit. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, facts. So that's kind of where I'm at with it now. You would love to like, do that in Chicago. You know, I would love that. to do that That's like, home, you giving yeah. that back, that's huge. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to go out there and not just... I'm, I'm a business mind that doesn't want to be hands-on 25-8 with my business. I want to go right. out there set up the tracks, lay the roots, whatever, and then I can hand this off mm-hmm. and it's still working for me when I leave out the room and it's happening, you know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking like going city to city with this, like all inner city youth, right. like creating a program or maybe just a curriculum or lesson plan that can be patented and we just shopping this around and we getting like the funding for this. You gonna take this, you gonna do that, you know what I mean? Like whatever the case may be and you have this program here for these students, you know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. taken care of. Like, that's kind of how I want it to be. Just inner city youth kids. Like, I just, I have, my heart is huge for that, you know what I'm saying? Because that's where I'm from. So it's like, yeah. That is so dope. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, what, like, what's your ethnicity? Like, what's your mm-hmm. background? And how does that, like, play a part in your design and your inspiration? And why do you feel like it's so important to, like, tap into, like, mm-hmm. like your roots and your ethnicity, like, in your culture? Yeah. Um, and let it be, like, you know, like, honestly, come from, like, your main source of mm-hmm. inspiration. Well, I am African and American. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my dad is Sudanese. Um, he's from Sudan. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of family, um, you know what I mean, that's African on that side. And then my mom is American. I know a little bit more about her background. I mean, it's it's like Native American Irish, you know what I mean? Like, gotcha. you know, the Irish dude raped the Native American woman. Of so course. close the story. That's mm-hmm. uh, why her last name is McDonald. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so, um, McDonald's. all of the mixes up in there, you know what I'm saying? Um, but so I think I draw inspiration just from all over the diaspora, honestly. And it's just like one of those things where I'm inspired by just people of color everywhere because we're all connected. It's like, right. I mean, the source obviously is us because we were at the start, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you just see us sort of watering, watering all these roots everywhere else. So a little bit of our story is everywhere, like spread around the globe. Right. So I just look at that. And, and when you see the common thread, you're like, wow. Like you can look at this culture and see how we influence. You look at that culture and see how we influence. And it's just astonishing to see how people think like, oh, you're not gonna see black people in Germany. You're not gonna see black people here. Like we are everywhere. Everywhere. Exactly. So I'm just like- Can't stop, won't stop. And my thing <laughs> is I get so intrigued, like, okay, this is the nerdy side of me. I like doing research, right? Like, mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoy research. That was probably my favorite part of my PR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, so I go into it and I'm like, okay, well, uh, they wear the Dutch um, African prints, the Ankar designs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, why is it called Dutch prints? When did that right. start? And then there's like a history of that coming there where that wasn't their initial garb that they were wearing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. they were wearing the, the dyed, um, like, Kilts. Yeah, yeah, like linens and stuff, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like all of a sudden you see this new wave in Africa where everybody wants to wear a car and you're like, but it says Dutch print on it and I gotta iron this sticky thing off the fabric before I use it, you know what I'm saying? Right. And it's telling you that this is through trade. Right. So it's like, okay, and now I get into things like that and I'm like, well, what are the origins? And I start doing things like Googling what did the original people in such and such wear traditionally? Like, you know what I mean? Like, gotcha. so I, when I tell you my inspiration is from everywhere, it's like. I like that you dig that deep though. I try really Like really, hard. really yeah. like dig, like really like deep into it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was like, so I think that's something that might be yeah. a little bit harder for yeah. some designers because yeah. I rarely hear that. Like, you yeah. know, when they pull the inspiration, something mm-hmm. like that, that they really go like really, really deep into research. Um, that's something that's taught in school too. I had a concept class yeah. and I hated it. Really? Because it really pushed it. 
I hated it at first because mm-hmm. it would push me to like really, really think and really yeah. have to research and go real into depth with stuff. And I'm just like, well, you know, I just make something that's pretty. Yeah. Right? It's like, like but I it pushed that? me to be a better designer, you know, like mm-hmm. to really, really go deeper into the culture because mm-hmm. we had to do one. We had to even do a project based on emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, what you want me to make? That sounds intense. Yeah. And I was just like, well, what do you want me to make? And then she's like, well, the whole project is emotion. emotion. I was just like, so whatever you feeling, huh? I'm like, I don't feel nothing. <laughs> I don't feel anything. What's going on? I was kind of like, I wasn't, I wasn't in a great place in my life. Okay, well, like, there you go. <laughs> so I ended up doing, at the time, I actually was going through a domestic violence situation with, oh, wow. a, with a boyfriend. And I did the entire collection. Based on that. Based on that. And all the garments were ripped. They were wow. all black. They were purple and like a mixture of black. So I was just like mm-hmm. scratching at them and stuff and trying to make it like look super duper distressed and mm-hmm. super duper not put together and just made the colors like real dark. And when I got to get that presentation, my teacher was just like... <laughs> I got an A. It was like, you said emotion. You said emotion. And she was just like, what? Like, she couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. And it took me just a lot just to even want to put, like, to bring that out of me. Yeah. And to, like, take what I was feeling. Yeah. And to put that on a mood board. Or yeah. to put that into designs. And I was just like, this shit It's here. so intimate. When I telling. looked at it, I was like, bitch, you snap, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and then some of the pieces were wearable. And some of them some weren't wearable. Yeah. But it was, like, Yeezy before Yeezy. Because yeah. everything was, like, okay. the stress tour. It was yeah. long before that. And yeah. I was just like... Wow. Like but that really, was in there, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And I feel like when we do step outside of because you always hear designers are like, I'm inspired by Versace Spring 92. <laughs> right. And you're just like, how many times are we going to dig <laughs> back in the crates Bags. and look at these people that already done did the same things who also right. got their inspiration mm-hmm. from somebody on their team who did in-depth research in another country? Because exactly. that's where that be coming from. You're mm-hmm. looking at these LV ponchos and braids and cornrows walking down the runway and it's like, Right, they got the Little. inspiration. Right, y'all gotta go and like dig deeper. Yeah. I had to do. Girl, they made us do one on fruit. I had a man with sugar cane. Wow, the whole collection, girl, sugar cane. I just was like in house, just stripping because I went to Jamaica, yeah. and I just was like stripping them down. I was just that like, what the so hell am I gonna do with this? Like, <laughs> but I figured it out. Like, I really mm-hmm. did, and whatever. And it was up and then that time, one time they sent us to the art yeah. museum, and I just seen you know, <laughs> it was a whole okay, bunch of like African heads, whatever. So I did one on black hair. Mm. So all the garments were like, all the hair was like braided, like all the garments yes. were like braided and twisted, and they were like. Everything that I saw, I really went back into like mm-hmm. African culture and like really was looking at like the way like their hair was yes. and different things. And I made a whole collection based off of that too. That's amazing. And that one was nice too, actually. Yeah. It was, but that one on sugar cane, girl. I snapped with that one. I was like, I don't even know what to do with this sugar cane. <laughs> but when it came to the end, I was just like, you really gotta like push yourself yes. to really think yes. outside the box. And I'm not gonna lie, I do think that that is some of the reason why some of us African American designers don't mm-hmm. get too. I say they don't get too far ahead. I just feel like we don't push the envelope enough. Mm-hmm. Like we're not pushing the envelope enough. And then we are sometimes repeating what other people mm-hmm. are doing. And we're doing or we get too too stuck into custom. Yeah. And we get too stuck into, well, my customer wants this, opposed to mm-hmm. like you being the designer and mm-hmm. advising your customer showing them what they want. and showing yeah. them what they want, mm-hmm. opposed to being like, oh, well, I seen this on such and such at the Grammys or whatever, yeah. and like you're recreating it and putting your spin on it, exactly. which is like you trying to make it yours, but it's never going to be yours whether exactly. you put your spin on it or you exactly. don't put your spin on it. You got to go deeper. Like, and I think that we have to push ourselves to get deeper mm-hmm. into our like philosophies and deeper into our design. And if I ask you what your brand is, what is it? Mm-hmm. Like, what are what is your brand doing? Like, what is your distinct characteristics of your brand? Like, what is, like, three? give me three adjectives that describes your brand, which is what they used to push us to do at school. Mm -hmm. And I took a lot of that stuff, and I, in my consulting and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. I do that. And I'm just like, so what is it? Love that. You know, and I just try to push them because, especially with newer designers, like, Mm -hmm. they got a thought. 
they want to be designers, but what what are you doing? Yeah, what are you, you don't have no here? physical training. Mm-hmm. You don't really know how to do the research, and I just feel like they just think like I'm gonna make this product, I'm gonna put it out there, I'm gonna make yes. all this money. But yes. it's just like, how does it benefit yes. anyone? Like, what are you doing to, to yeah. create the culture? Yeah, like the biggest <laughs> part of this. That's why we here. Right. Let me just remind them to get on this live. Right. <laughs> like, cause I got some people too. You gotta drop some gems. Let's drop some gems. Designers, push yourselves. <laughs> please push yourselves, and please listen to this episode. <laughs> I'm about to go ahead and repost this so y'all can see. All right. Because I don't know if y'all listening right, right. now. Right. If they ain't listening, get, they gon' listen. I was going to get a little deep on y'all real right. quick. <laughs> That's what we got to do. That's y'all how we're here. Pay attention, all right? right? That's exactly what I did. I'm like, this is a platform for us to mm-hmm. push, to talk, to discuss, to, you know, bring things to light and to really, like, I mean, the whole point of podcast is for the enhancement of the black designers, merchandisers, buyers, stylists, models, (laughs) whatever you want to do. It's just like enhance your skills. And sometimes I don't think, I mean, if we don't talk about it, it might not come up. Exactly. You might might not think about it. Like now you're going to have somebody in the back of the head being like, oh, Hmm. I didn't think to do that. I didn't think to do that. And we didn't think to do that because we don't, we don't talk about it enough. We don't discuss it enough. Yes. And something I was going to say too, Mm -hmm. because I know you started to say like, you want people to get deeper. And I'm just like, what I'm noticing about a lot of, um, you know, brown black designers is that it's one of those things where, all right, can I get a little deep? You go real deep, girl. That's what we're here for. We're here. What I think a lot of it has to do with is that disconnect from our roots and our ancestors. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. Um, Because I kind of feel like, well, not I kind of feel like, I definitely feel like that's what's missing. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where there's a lack of understanding for the fact that you come from all of this. So it's already within you. You just kind of have to tap into it. But it's like, we so scared to like go off the ledge sometimes because it's like, oh, what's on the other side of this? I don't know, you know? Whereas like, I mean, this is a part of your culture. Just like the people that don't want to talk about like spirituality. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we only gonna stick with religion. We're not gonna talk about spirituality. It's like, come on. You can't talk about one without the other, clearly. Right. I asked somebody to tell me you was one of those the other day. He's like, are you one of those? Like one of them meditating crystal people? I'm like, yep. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm one of those. I'm meditating. Sure do. <laughs> Which is why I am unbothered. So unbothered <laughs> you, you might right wanna, now. You might want to get your Special crystal. Special grade what? Like, <laughs> I'm like, you might want to get your crystal. I'm like, honestly, you might want to meditate. Charge up. Right, because you don't know what's happening in your life. Honestly. And <laughs> so that's how I look at it, those. too. One of those. I was like, yeah, right. excuse. Right. <laughs> that's how I look at it, too. And I'm just like, the more we start to connect again with that, I feel like that's when we'll really own it and it'll kind of become ours again because mm-hmm. all of this stuff historically is mm-hmm. ours. And I feel like you, you, you know? may even have, I don't know if they do it here, but like I, in my high school, we did history every year, world history, mm-hmm. U.S. history, blah, 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 but we never did black history. Like that wasn't a no. class. We It was an elective, mm-hmm. but unless you chose it, you mm-hmm. didn't have to take it. And you know people weren't really like choosing it like too. that. People choosing cooking, fashion. Yes, like, yes. And I could have chose fashion too, but I did not. I, did, I chose African American history. And I love that class. And Mr. Butler was my teacher. He was, he was going the hell off of it. Now he was to close his door, make sure that door was closed. Yes, <laughs> we had a teacher like Mr. that Mr. Butler was like, like, I'm gonna get y'all the real shit. Yeah. He used to close Shout that door. Shout out to Mr. Carey. Like, yo, he used to go in. <laughs> like, I'm about to make sure y'all understand what's going on. And if he he even saw you in the hallway yes. and he even said the word nigga, he was going off. Mm-hmm. He's like, excuse, like he would, he would grab you by the back of your shirt. 
and be like, he come was, on in here. He like, let me let me have mm-hmm. a let me have a conversation with you because you ain't you, something wrong. Something missing. Like something and, you ain't catching it right now. And it's hilarious because I feel like that's also something that's missing. Like mm-hmm. um, in the school systems. I mean, yeah, they don't teach it. And I, you know what, I'm gonna be this person to say I just honestly feel like that's also where a lot of failing is happening because the mm-hmm. school systems are not set up for people that look like us to be doing not good. At all. I mean, it's just honestly a school to prison pipeline. They got the kids wearing uniforms it's a bell that rings to tell them when to get up and when to go and they gotta eat at this time they gotta Mm -hmm. sit down no activities no this no that and um i try to be that that teacher for my students i don't know if i told you i teach high schoolers part-time um Mm -hmm. at harlem children's zone you know what i'm saying and i'm like what i realize is that they have things so structured to where it's almost like can they really get as creative as they should be getting you know right because i even think back to when i was in middle school and um some of my best friends, you know what I'm saying, um, my best guy friends would do things like scribble on the desk or on their um, notebook. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, the teacher would be like, that's vandalization, that's this, that, that school property. Instead of being like, this boy need an art class. <laughs> right. Like, I, me, the way I'm thinking, like, I would be like. policing them. Yeah. Like, opposed to like, expanding it on like, the creativity. Stop policing like, the culture. Like. Exactly. I was reading a book too, it's called On Your Glows by Nathan Thomas. Mm. Nathan Thomas. And she was talking about how much like, doodling and how even as adults we have to do something else that they told us mm-hmm. not to do as a kid like it's okay mm-hmm. to daydream yes it's okay to daydream like it's okay <laughs> for you to doodle it's okay for you to be talk to yourself like mm-hmm. all these different things that they was like always like something was wrong with you like it's nothing wrong with talking to yourself and talking to yourself out loud you could think i'm crazy out loud. that's a sign of intelligence i can speak to mm-hmm. myself and, and like express my thoughts and take them out of my head exactly which is something that a lot of creatives like absolutely like need to do on a Regular basis, but I, mm-hmm. I mean, I was talking to myself the whole time I was walking. Like, yeah, walking through the airport. And I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I do it in the house, girl. People just you know? be talking. Like, <laughs> that's how it happens. <laughs> what are your thoughts and like views on like black designers in the fashion industry? Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that's trying to break through, but also the ones that are already in positions. Do you feel like they are pushing the culture forward, or do you feel like? <laughs> Some of them is stagnant as some of you feel like do it better than others. Yeah. I think, <laughs> man, this topic, right? <laughs> it's so topic. problematic, yo. I'm like, it's a good topic. No, it's a great topic. Um, and it needs to be talked about more. Mm-hmm. What I'm noticing, honestly, is that there are a lot of designers out there that are trying to push narratives and they're trying to get into spaces and do things. Mm-hmm. But the spotlight is on the ones that aren't. And those are the ones who are getting those positions and getting in a room and being scared to open their mouth and say things. Yep. And I, think I just posted that on yeah, Yes, too. probably the same, and I probably saw it from there, and it's yeah. stuck in my, bra- in my brain. Yeah, I posted it. Yeah. yeah. Like, that we 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 too nervous, or we just Once so, we, that we yeah. got to the table, that it's just like, do I really want to shake the shit and up? And we're not saying nothing. You're not saying that, but it's like, yeah. if you don't, who will? Yeah, you just if accepting you what they're serving you, and it's just yep. like, no, fuck that. Flip the table over, yep. like, you know? I'm like that. Yeah. That's why I, been, that's why I worked at 10 places. I ain't got fire and quit. <laughs> Hello. Because my ass be talking shit. All day long, you I know? I be talking shit, and I do not let I'm nothing read fly. You. Like, I'm going to read you. Bro. I had mm-hmm. to read somebody last week telling me, uh... <laughs> What she say? And this had nothing to do with work at all, but just the fact that she thought she could open up her mouth and tell you something. She said something about how she didn't know if this new hair color worked with my skin tone. And she was Asian. You better what? get your ass out my face real quick because the you, agency she thought she had to say that is like I was crazy. Like, mm. And then I, when I shut her, and I shut her down real mm. quick, I, and I got real black on her. I was like, yeah. girl. <laughs> Like I look good. Is you crazy? Is you crazy? I, said, I said you a whole lot. Like I got real ghetto on her. She's like, I was just giving you my opinion. Mm. Did I ask you for your opinion? But then go go home and look in the mirror and envision herself with the same type of situation happening. Cause mm. I mean, at the end of the day, we the biggest inspiration. Right. So. I don't know. It's like cut the shit. With your skin tone. Yeah. Mm, lost your goddamn mind. Right. Who you right. To? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was too funny. But yeah, I mean, I think in my opinion, is is that that's a lot mm. of what's happening, and I'm just like. 
it's, it's obvious that that's what's happening because we're still seeing firsts in 2019. Mm-hmm. It's like we should not still be seeing so many firsts that's happening when it comes to the fashion industry, it comes to any art industry. And then at the same time, I also think something kind of needs to happen where I'm just waiting for this thing to happen where everybody understands that, like, it's it starts with you. Right. It's like everybody always waits for a leader or a messiah to come save them and do things where it's just like get up off your ass and do whatever you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And also stop stop asking for approval. Right. Like just do and be and do what you're going to do with your art. You know what I'm saying? I'm like if all we're going to constantly do, yeah, I get funding is important. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. oh, you want to go to this company. You want to get into this job field. You want to learn these skills. Learn the skills. Take them shits and start your own Facts. thing for us. You know what I'm saying? And I, t- and I, I feel yeah. like I say that so much. I was like, some of y'all need to go work for another company for like a week. You don't, because like, it don't yes. really take a long time for you to absorb a lot of information right. either. Like, no. I went and worked for a company girl for two to three weeks. I've so interned like, and picked it up. Out, yeah. done. Like, I don't need that much time mm-hmm. to figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. once I got it, I got it. Like, I think I interned. I just interned at Cynthia Raleigh, girl. Yeah. For a week. Yes. And I figured out that whole little production process, and I was out the door. I was like, I'm not going to be coming in. Right. First of all, I ain't doing no internship. Why well, I ain't getting paid anyway? I'm in New York. I got real Oh, they would try to tell you that's a real thing, right. too. Like, I ain't nah. never had to do that. Like, I did internships in undergrad, but this was, like, for my master's. Then, like, oh, okay. yeah. I was just like, that's you a must be crazy <laughs> as hell if you think I'm not finna get paid. So, I went in there, and I did it, and I absorbed a whole bunch of information in mm-hmm. one week, girl, and I was out. They wouldn't even pay yeah. for my transportation. Wow. And I was like, oh, y'all really lost your mind now. I got to pay New York is like that. Oh, yeah. They like, oh, if you want it, you'll figure it out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's the kind of attitude they got when it comes to stuff like that. So, so I want to actually, what you think about this? So I posted mm-hmm. up um, in Style Magazine, put up a article about the 22 fashion brands designed by Black men and women. Mm-hmm. You know, for you to like look into. Mm-hmm. So I tagged all of them in it, right? Right. So one of the uh, comments that I got was very interesting to me, and the guy mm-hmm. said some of these brands shouldn't be on here because their designer is black. The company and brand all over it isn't as it is a white majority owned and also predominantly white hire just a black face mm. to it i.e off white mm. i was like oh okay <laughs> and i was like i didn't know but that you know i, I ain't think about that yeah <laughs> but it's, I, I was like was like i don't but that's still an alkylate the fact that it is a black face yeah you know in the forefront and yeah. then like the rest of the company is probably white like? but then i'm like is it like and I had and I didn't mm. really know and I was just when I responded to it I'm like start. I still want to acknowledge the, you know the, the, the designers that, that are designer, yeah. you know of that brand but it's still like huh what they doing here right what are they trying to do what, right like, what's happening and I was just like I didn't I didn't know what to think of it so I wanted to ask somebody else's opinion I mean <clears throat> he has I mean the commenter has a point when you really think about it because mm-hmm. it's like <sighs> it's a black owned brand but it's not. Is it black? I don't know. He's just a creative director, and okay. he's black. But he said everybody else is white. Okay, so then that's definitely not a black-owned brand. I mean, the concept and it's... That's what he said. They don't need to be on here. And yeah. I was like, oh. Okay, and I'm pretty sure there's anyway. more that you did. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that list. It was good. Me. Yeah, because I checked it out, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I've been thinking about that now, and I'm just like, he has a point. Because it's like, if you're considering yourself a owner or a designer of this company, this brand, and it's yours, and you're saying it's yours, I mean, is is it really yours if you don't have agency and, like, the, I want to say, like, the ability to just kind of hire and fire as you please? Right. Because... And I think that the, yeah. I think that guy, the uh, creative director for Balmain, I think he's black, too. Yeah. We know um, nobody in there. Yeah. He might yeah. be the only black one. The only one. And I'm just like, <laughs> when I see stuff like that, it just makes me go, hmm. 
Interesting. Right. Things that that's make why you I was go, like, hmm. Yeah, that, that's what made me go, hmm. I was like, <laughs> but you know you what? It's always, it's always a bigger hand at play with this stuff, though, man. I'm telling you, it's just like people get where they're going, and it's like you got somebody in their ear that's like kind of, oh, I helped put you on, blah, blah, blah. Like, just do me this favor of putting this person here and that person there, and I have a greater idea for this. And it's like a lot of times, puppet, puppet master. That's what I was thinking, too. I was you know? like, they're in the sucking place, girl. That's what I'm saying. What movie is that? Get out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's that's exactly what I my uh-huh. eye immediately went to after I saw that comment mm-hmm. because I didn't even think about that at all. I was like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's like you just You're not right. go hand out these opportunities. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, a lot of black people always try to make it seem like it's so far fetched to only hire black people. And I'm like, first of all, these white owned companies, these major brands and foreign companies, whatever, mm-hmm. nepotism is like one of the first words they learn. Right. Like they always go hand it out to somebody that look like them before Thanks. they hand it out to somebody that look like me and you. Thanks. So at the end of the day, it's like, what is this guilt we always have? We only looking within our own communities what is that why we always got to include everybody else and it's not just us doing things for us like i feel like that is a huge problem and i think i don't know why that i i don't get that i when i i got my first manager job when Mm -hmm. i was 23 and they no it wasn't my first manager job it was a little bit i was a little bit behind that like but i got my first store Mm -hmm. and they were opening up a store in a predominantly black neighborhood Mm -hmm. and i was from this neighborhood and this store chain is called akira chicago they have Mm -hmm. 17 plus stores so they gave. They told me I was gonna. I was gonna get the store, and mm-hmm. then I would need to start hiring my team. So I started yeah. hiring as I was working at another location, like still in manager training. Mm-hmm. And of course, I hired black staff because this is the first store that you guys have yeah. in a black community. Yeah. Every other store was like in white neighborhoods mm-hmm. and had all white people. You have a token black person here and there, and like you know. I go is to, this for me? Yeah. Oh, thank I go you. to one of the manager <laughs> meetings, and like I used to go to the manager meetings before mm-hmm. I got the store, and it was only like two of us black girls, and one of them she just. I wonder if she watched this. <laughs> it's halfway out your mouth now. <laughs> I was just like, she wasn't really that black. Yeah, like she's almost not yeah, quite. I was just like, oh no, she might. I don't give a damn, girl. You know, you you. Mm-hmm, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it's okay though. Still love you, even if you're watching. Oh, it's Facebook. <laughs> but when I went and was talking to the district manager mm-hmm. after I had already done it, she mm-hmm. was just like, you need to hire a white girl. She told me. And she's like, you need, she need somebody to balance out the team. And I was like, no, because I hired a black girl because we hired, like, stylists. Like, mm-hmm. you had to have, like, a certain edge because it wasn't like they would not let them have, like, the customers hold clothes in the store. And if mm-hmm. a customer picked up one thing, it was your job to find three other things that either looked like it or they would go with it. It, was like, back real, to Nordstrom it was like real aggressive selling. <laughs> like, it real, like, we're not mm-hmm. salespeople. We are stylists. Yes. And we're going to put your yes. clothes together. So I had, like... The, the rock black girl. Then yeah. I had like the real like bougie black girl. So I was like, oh, I, I had it. somebody to cater to each Because we're like, so diverse. We're so diverse. So I had a black girl. Of course, I had like the gay black dude. Like mm-hmm. I had them all. So mm-hmm. I had it strategically in my mind is like, yes. I got somebody who like that rocker look. I got somebody who does like more right. like angelic. And I had somebody for each type of girl yeah. that I knew would come in that store. Yes. And I was like, ain't no white girls coming in here. <laughs> and the white girls that do come in here, if they're from here in this area, mm-hmm. they is going to fall into one of these categories. Yeah. So in my mind, it makes sense. I'm like, well, why do I need that? 
You knew the um the demographic. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah. I know the demographic or whatever, but the owners, they did not think for nothing that the store was going to make no money. That's crazy. They was just like, what the hell did we do? We signed this lease. Like, they was, like, super nervous at first. Mm-hmm. Mind you, all the owners are Asian. So, and then all the district managers were white. Yeah. So, then you got me, this black girl uh, who just came through the door. They didn't gave me a doggone store, and I didn't hire the whole black staff. <laughs> all the cashiers was black. All the stock people was yes. black. <laughs> Everybody was, like, either from the neighborhood yes. or I knew them previously or something mm-hmm. like that. But I did hire people that I knew. But yeah. I work in the fashion where I went to fashion school, so I know a lot of people who's already mm-hmm. good at styling mm-hmm. who are styling. So okay. it just made fucking sense for you me. Know, like, yeah. It made perfect sense to me. And girl, we was number one in the company for wow. seven months straight, and they could not stand my black ass of at the manager me. At that point, I was, it was like I was talking mm-mm. so much shit. <laughs> like <laughs> I had one time I got like I made a T-shirt for mm-hmm. one of the manager me that said HPD number one. Like can't stop, won't stop, right? So I walked into manager <laughs> meeting like. Like, you so, like take that, take yeah, that, yeah, take that, take that, take that. And the owners were just so happy. And I'm like, but that's what y'all get. But like, I know what I'm doing, right? Like, and the, the one thing I did, like, they gave us like that freedom to like do whatever we wanted to do. If I needed mm-hmm. to, if it was a Monday or Tuesday, yeah. and I wasn't gonna make the sales yeah. call, girl, the liquor store right next door to us, I would go there get drinks and stuff like that. Be like, oh, it's fifty percent off. Mm-hmm. And they would let us uh, negotiate. So like, we well, could do whatever you want, long as you made your sales go yep. right. Long as you made your sales go and you hit all your sales go and you didn't go over your hours allocated, you had to send somebody mm-hmm. home. And do something. You want to throw a party in the store? If you want to throw up a promotion, we had our own Instagram page. Like yes. we had a Hyde Park Instagram yes. account. Like everything was separate. I'm like, that's so dope. I, I can't be playing with y'all over here. Yeah. Like, that reminds like, me so much of Nordstrom. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. And I was so happy. And I was just like, don't ever doubt me. Like, I know what I'm doing. Hell like, and I, yeah. but I was, yeah, I was, and I was the youngest one too. Mm-hmm. I was 22. Like, I was fresh. Out you of was hungry. I was hungry. And I, I, I remember one time I went like, when the store first opened, we opened on Black Friday too, girl. And we mm. had one damn register. That's how much they didn't believe in us. But they damn, gave us one they fucking did register like that. on Black Friday, <clears throat> and the line was out the door. We was busy nonstop That's the crazy. whole day. And I'm like, can I get my other registers now? Yes, <laughs> like let's go. That's deep. And it came, and I was like, and I was just so happy. And I'm like, you see, don't, 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 don't do that, cause we had this. Don't I, under, don't, don't underestimate, underestimate me. Like, yes. don't underestimate me. I know what I'm doing. I know, and I. And, we killed that shit. All of us. I mean, the <laughs> doubt only comes in when somebody who's, like, kind of looking at you, like, mm, I don't know yeah. if you can do this. I don't know. You don't really look like me. You don't really have the same mm-hmm. experience as me. But it's I like, get- baby girl, I'm self-taught, and I'm still going to do it. At, at the end of the day, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, they, they get so nervous when mm-hmm. all of us are in the space together because they know what we're capable and of. And we only play rap. Exactly. Girl, we was in there playing you Future there really 2 just- right? <laughs> Only play I had. We had Future Pandora. We had Drake Pandora. We had Beyond. Like the music. I only played black music in there. They all. It, it, I had it. Loud, it was loud as shit. Yeah. So like, you come in here. It felt like a club. They're like, what the fuck is going on in here? So they come just, in and just I, be like, I knew, but I knew what I was doing. Like it made perfect sense to me. Like I knew exactly course, what I was yeah. doing. And um, we weren't too far from like your local neighborhood strip club. Mm. And it was like a thing on like Monday and Tuesday night that people would go to the strip club. It's a culture. The girls come in looking for their Jeffrey Cameron yes. shoes, their yes. leggings, their crop tops, and we were selling the shit out of those. So mm-hmm. I was going to pull from other stores. Like if they wasn't selling the leggings and we yeah. just couldn't, we could not keep them in stock. Mm-hmm. We could not keep them in. I used to go to other stores okay. and I would ask my grandma, can I borrow her car? Because I wouldn't even drive. Wow. I would move around the corner from the store so that I would be closed. And I'm like, Granny, I need to go to the north side. I need to go to Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I need to move around and get all this stuff because I know they ain't selling it because mm-hmm. I can shit. See your sales. <laughs> you look at everybody. Sales. Yeah, and you see the numbers. I can see right. everybody's numbers mm-hmm. in the store, and I would mm-hmm. take it. I was like, Granny, I can see your car. I'm about to go, and I'm about to pull. So I'm about to make sure my store is completely stocked so I can keep my numbers. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. also like very like proactive too. Right. Everybody could say my. <laughs> 
they couldn't stand me. That's they like right. this little black bitch here. That's right. Get her out of here. When is she done? Yes, I don't care. Yeah, that's how they do it. What us. like what designers do you admire in the industry? Like what? Who do you like? Like if you had to, like you know what? I, I like them. I mess with them real hard. I love everything that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, I look more at sort of like the longevity mm -hmm. and then the hunger. Um, so some of the women I admire in the industry, um, April Walker. I don't know if you're familiar with April Walker. Um, she's so. Walker Wear brand. I think that was like bigger a lot in like the nineties, that kind of thing. Walker um, Wear brand. Mm hmm She had like kinda mm -hmm. dressed like Biggie and all of them at some point. It's like a I couple do of them. Know who yeah. you're talking about. And okay. I think she also had a hand in Triple Five Soul. That was like something that was big, I think, in like the two thousands. Mm -hmm. But as a woman I just admire her business mind, um, her entrepreneurship, just her hunger and her drive. Mm -hmm. Um, Fee Noel, I think she just finished I up love the love her. Yeah, her like stuff her. is amazing. So dope. This she, Michelle Obama just wore an orange thing, right? Yeah. I was like, you better sleep. Yes, yes. I was like, I love this. I think she changed the name of it, too. Yeah, I was like, girl, that's exactly. I showed a comment on that. Should we change the name of this top? I'm like, yep, change it to the Michelle top. Yes, the Michelle top. Give it to her. Just give it to her. But I love that, too. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, there's so many other designers out there that I'm just kind of like getting more and more familiar with. And it's mm -hmm. just getting me excited. Um, I know there's another designer. I think she's a lingerie designer. Because at some point, I think I'm going to do a lingerie line. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just, mm -hmm. I'm always thinking in terms of that. And I just have inspiration. And I'm just like always looking at us and what we're doing. Because there's so many of us out so there. Dope. But the eye isn't on us. You know what I mean? So people don't even know we exist. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? So It's one of the girls in the yeah. room as she's doing lingerie line, too. Yeah. Yep, yep. I got to look at her. Yeah, I'm helping her That's with dope. it too, like some of the patterns and stuff yeah. like that. But she's doing one too, and she's been working on it for a while. She went to design yeah. school with me, um, in Chicago. Yeah. She moved out here and stuff, and she's okay. working on it. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of swimwear people in that group too. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot swimwear. Of swimwear. <laughs> I did actually. I did one uh, swimwear thing. I did like a collaboration mm -hmm. with um, Tiana Beggy's daughter oh, nice. for her, her. Yeah, her boutique Notorious. Mm -hmm. um, she reached out to me, and we did sort of like a brief. I think it was just like a quick sort of like um, limited time only offer where it was like 15 swimsuits. Gotcha. Um, and the concept was so cute. Oh my gosh. And they sold like crazy. And I just remember thinking in my mind, like this is my first time doing swimsuits. Like this mm -hmm. is crazy. Like, yeah. and then for it to be that, I was just so sort of like, every time I try to do things, I try to push myself. So mm -hmm. I'm just always looking for that next thing. And I'm just like, I could do this. Well, maybe I can't. I don't know. Let's see. You like, <laughs> I was supposed to do a fashion show in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And of course I was busy and waited till the last minute. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to do a vacation line mm -hmm. and I did swimwear mm -hmm. and I did a, a piece of lingerie to match each piece of Ooh. swimwear so I'm like they be on the beach all day yes. like in their swimsuit and then at nighttime they could be turned up with bay like in their mm -hmm. lingerie in their mm -hmm. room and I did that collection girl no lie like three days like and I just put all the little looks together <laughs> yo and it we was can do anything <laughs> when, when it's down to the wine like yo, yo my name's already on yo. the fly I can't pull yo. out of this that <laughs> contract the ink is dry it's done you, you're gonna have to go ahead and sew girl we're sewing all day had the sewing machine all with this us be backstage <laughs> <laughs> Backstage at the sewing machine, like, listen. Wait, am I going? Is my we last right? Listen, okay, right, yeah, that's right, time. right. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was sitting in that chair so long, half of this cheek is numb. You mm -hmm. gotta get up and switch in position, and right. people don't really understand. <laughs> I think the labor that goes into that type of work, and that's why mm -hmm. I really admire, because um, you you know that there's now there's designers who are just designers and they don't sew, mm -hmm. and to me that's like wow. Learn your craft. Wow. I get some I get <laughs> some of them because they see it more for like the money financial yeah. side. But for me, 
like especially like that's my, but that is my clientele that's why i started the business <laughs> that is my clientele that makes sense that's yeah. my clientele though like because they have an idea but like they don't know how to mm-hmm. sew so mm-hmm. i'm all here for it but yeah. i educate in the same process like, i am a consultant but i'm also a mentor and i'm like i'm not going to always be mm-hmm. the one doing this for you so when you go and you start working with manufacturers yeah. you're going to need to know the difference between like a flat fail seam and like a french seam or mm-hmm. like if you want a narrow road him or if you want like a cross stitch and this is like they you do have to educate yourself and yes. you do have to learn certain things so i'm always it's just like I'm, I'm teaching the whole time yes. like the whole time I've consulted I'm teaching and I'm, they're starting to recognize it mm-hmm. I can tell like from the people that I work with where their vocabulary was when we first started yeah. and what they recognize and what they don't and what they do yeah. know now so I'm just like they that's so dope. They get in there. I'm teaching. That's my form of teaching, yes. girl. Because I, I apply for fashion <clears throat> industries. I apply for FIT. Yeah. My prices don't like want to hire me. So mm. I teach all my. We're gonna own. talk about that offline. Yeah. I got some ideas. Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna pop right on in and just start our own school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, like I got some ideas. <laughs> I got some ideas. We gonna start our own school since y'all want to give me no teaching job. That's exactly. That it. is fine. What they say? I got this meme. I love it. It's um. If they won't let you play, go buy your own court. Oh, go buy your own ball and build your own court. Bam. That's it right yep. there. That's how I look at it. So, you know. That's a fact. So, I just got a few more. I just want to mm-hmm. know, like, what your goals are, like, for your brand and that program and, like, where you just, like, see it going. And if, mm-hmm. for you, you're going to stick with, like, doing, like, custom or you're going to, like, shift all the way into collection. Yeah. Um, I love custom. And as much as I do, I also know that um, I'm going to eventually have to shift into collection mm-hmm. and shift into sort of manufacturing on a larger scale and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that I mean it took me a while to be okay with that because you know when you start off it's just like oh I want this to just be one of one and a creation where I can but at the same time it's like when enough people love it I mean give it to them in different colors give it to them in different pattern cuts whatever right. why not you know what I mean like grow like grow the brand growth is okay it's, it's healthy it's positive it's a good thing right. so I've kind of stepped outside of that now and I'm like all right well I know for a fact I'm gonna transition to that but at the same time I'm gonna allow clients to book you know very expensive uh, you know appointments with me to do yeah, custom of course. <laughs> but you should because i know and then but you could do it on that wider scale too because i know yeah. like but it's way it's, it should be way more expensive than what we're charging i had this conversation it should be way more oh because, like, my like, god i'm so christian glad you Siriano, said that christian Siriano, mm-hmm, he got mm-hmm, a collection mm-hmm. all the other stuff he made that dress for cardi b for that diamond ball mm-hmm. yesterday that's that dress was ten grand. Like, come on, yeah. <laughs> we're not charging enough. I think that now the girls like, cause I've been I've been bringing some of them on the podcast, mm-hmm. and we've been talking. We talked about actually last episode was all about custom clothing, yeah. And we were talking about pricing and how we strategize and stuff like that. And one of the girls said she realized after talking to me that she was charging. So I'm like, girl, you charging too low. Like that's yeah. just that's you got to charge oh for gosh. everything. Yes. And she brought up this point. She said that some it was something that Picasso did. Like he was doodling on a napkin or something mm-hmm. like that. And then he was about to throw the napkin away and the lady asked him, could she have it? And he said, no, you can have it for, I think he said some crazy amount of money. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can have it for $20,000. And then she's like, wow, well you just did that in five minutes. But I didn't learn how to sew in five minutes. I didn't learn how to pattern make in five minutes. I got freaking student loans out the, what, out the ass. The fact that I can Come make on. a dress in an hour is because it took me a long time to get that. Yes. I didn't wake up one day and be able to yes. make a dress in one day. So we are always pricing. We don't price them based off of just like the mm-hmm. time it takes to do something. But this is a skill set mm-hmm. that I had to learn, whether mm-hmm. I had to perfect it myself or whether I had to pay to learn how to do it. So why would I be giving it to you for nothing? This just is my because, return on just investment. Just because I could do it quickly. Yes. yes, I could do a lot of stuff quickly. Yes. I could do a whole collection in a night. Okay. That, that don't mean nothing. Okay. <laughs> So I was just like, I agree. come on, Picasso, 
<laughs> yes, that's real. And I, that's real though. Like I remember saying the same thing, and I kind of just when people come to me, I'm just always I'm. I asked the what's your budget question. You said what? Don't ask somebody what they budget is. Oh my gosh, I learned to stop doing that so quick because I'm like people that. will be like ten dollars. Like yeah. listen, yeah. <laughs> and my thing is I I would get so frustrated when I first first started because I remember sitting there learning how to sew. Um, by hand, and you know what I mean. Frustrated and fingers <laughs> all poked up and bloody. My yep. back is sore, is cramping up. I'm like, I'm sitting in one position for hours doing a denim skirt, right? And I'm like, then I wear it, and it's like, oh, that's cute. I want one. I want one. I want one. But it's like, nobody saw what happened when to I was doing this. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, you just see this pretty finished product, mm-hmm. and at the same time, people don't care. Nope. But it's one of those things where it's like, you you need to care, and you and they can't <laughs> tell you nothing. One of the girls told us last week that uh. She, one of her dresses had went viral or something mm-hmm. like that. And another girl reached out to her and was just like, yeah, um, I really want this dress. I'm willing to pay $200 for it. Not, hi, how you doing? I love this dress. What's the price for it? I'm willing to pay $200. Oh and you'd be willing gosh. to go buy something off the rack, too, because like, I don't make it for it. Just go to Fashion Nova and leave me. Please, leave me. Like, come I'm on now. I'm willing to pay $200 for it. Like, what? They talking about some preach diet. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's crazy. It's like we really just sit here and then it's one of those things where people don't care to the point where like, this is my dream. This is my passion, right? Right. And at first when I started, granted, no, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm just going to make me millions and billions of dollars. But once I realized that I have a rare talent here. Like, you don't have that many people out there that's sitting at a machine, going to the fabric store, sourcing fabric, cutting, grading. And you gotta have fabric now. That's true. Like you gotta know, cause you gotta know what's gonna work and what's not gonna mm-hmm. work. Because and then the ones that don't design, that's where they jack up at. Yeah. Cause some of the ones I've had, uh, I ain't gonna say her name. No, no, yeah. But she, she made a dress and it was a beaded dress. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was mesh beaded. And the line that she put in was some polyester bullshit. It was oh, too shit. heavy. And when you don't have fabric now, it's like and I, I look right at it and I'm like you should use a stretch silk. Mm-hmm. Boom, and like, you just know. And I knew, you and I knew, know. but I knew why the dress was so crooked. I'm like, mm-hmm. first of all, it's weighing it down, and then it the craftsmanship was just awful. And then mm-hmm. it had a plastic zipper in it too, girl. And I was just like, you don't put no zipper in no. Like it was hanging. Mm-hmm. I was just like. Why would you do that? No. You know? No. And I'm like, it didn't Mm-mm. make any sense to me. Mm-mm. And I'm like, don't ever do that. Um, right. They got time remaining on the live, too. Like, live gives you a time. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think you could do it more than an hour. Okay. Oh, oh. we're supposed to be at an hour anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Dio, we're going to wrap it up anyway. So you can tell the people where to reach you and how to get in contact with you. And then yes. we'll also put it in the show notes. But go ahead and just okay. throw out your plug in there. So, <laughs> just once again, my name is Mahdia. People call me Dia. Um... And, you know, my brand is Mathia LLC right now at the moment. Um, not sure about name change, but that's where I'm at with it right now. Um, you can reach me on Instagram at Mahdia.co. Um, that is my business page. I do have a personal page, but I'll lead you to business first. Uh, <laughs> and then I also um, am on Facebook. Um, and then I'm also online. I have a website where just, you know, a few simple shots in my portfolio, which I'm looking to update soon. But it's just um, Mahdia.co. So if you go to www.mahdia.co, you can see me there. Um, and I'm always posting on Instagram. Uh, I just released a sportswear line where I'm kind of still working out the kinks with that in terms of screen printing and getting things done because I'm always about learning how to do the actual thing that I need to do before I just go off and pay the next I man to go you do it. I do that too. I took screen printing. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually yeah, I'm about to do this workshop and get this out because I need to get these orders so out ASAP. Easy. 
Um, so I'm doing that, and then I'm looking to kind of like work on a few other things coming up. I'm not gonna give y'all too much because the ink ain't dry yet. You know, you can't be, you know. But it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Just watch. All right. <laughs> so you guys, this episode will actually be up on Wednesday, probably Tuesday night, and I hope you guys all enjoyed it and uh, stay black. Peace out. Peace. <laughs> The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.